faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, this amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel, Superman! This is bullshit. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. this morning and uh, I only had like a little bit of coffee cake and after the coffee started running through my system I was just like I need some more food yeah I'm pretty sure nobody cares all right guys hello and welcome to, to the, the necessary, necessary bullshit, bullshit podcast. podcast it's a sort of experimental ongoing ongoing ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. is it it's continues forever and ever it's to never stops yeah yeah these are all just one conversation. It's that's we're gonna. It's gonna be the reveal at the end of it that we never stop. That we never stop recording. Like we yeah. actually have just live in this room. We have somebody else just like deliver our food. Yeah, yeah. And, we have bedpans and they. Yeah. Can't. <laughs> like my wife is made up. My wife and child are completely. They're, made they're up. not yeah. real, and yeah. yeah, none of none of what we do is real. Yeah, just like this episode. No, this episode is gonna be very real. Very real. We're gonna get we, real. Yeah, because yeah. we're covering my favorite topics and also like i was telling ian off mic i was born on the 23rd 23rd was my clock and or added up to my clock in number uh at blockbuster and you know just it's been following me around everywhere so of course we're choosing to talk about my favorite subject today jim carrey <laughs> you, oh sorry i thought you were going the 23 route so I, oh uh, no yeah, i forgot about yeah, you know, every yeah that movie ruined it because it's like i, I like love 23 and I tell people my connection to it, and then they're like, "Oh, like that movie with Jim Carrey." Like I'm like, "No, that mine's not evil. Mine's just that just was the first quick. real, real dark Jim Carrey movie that I remember." Yeah, you know, and and people loved it or hated, but I thought he was relatively all right. I didn't have a problem. I was entertained. Yeah, yeah. that's why I tell people like yeah. people are just so judgmental in movies these days. And I mean, I guess you know, with with online and everybody has the ability to review stuff. Everybody, everybody has feels, a fucking keyboard opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but for me, it's just like just people like, are like how is that? Like, how do you not have? I'm like, look, some movies, yes, I'll talk about the themes and I'll get deep down. But other movies, they entertain me for two hours, and that's what I wanted. Like, like I enjoyed the Green Lantern a little bit. Okay. You know? So yeah. I'm just putting that out there. Please don't shame. And me. it's like that 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 comedian that who is it? Nick Swartzen, I think, when he talks about Transformers, right? He goes. People like fucking hate Transformers. Hate that movie. Hate that movie. And he's like, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I understand. It's a Transformers, but movie. it's Come kind on. of cool. And like, yeah. if you showed that movie to like people in the fifties, their heads would explode. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, you have to admit that it's kind of cool. So that's yeah. what I think. But so, so we're talking about Superman. Superman today. Yeah, yes, the Man, the man of, of Steel, Steel, the Man of Tomorrow, the guy of many names. Soups. Us yeah. awful to what he's to his closest of friends. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, otherwise known as Clark Kent. Yes, or my favorite is what Lois Lane calls him, which is Smallville. Smallville. Yep, yeah, I love. His you know, I was thinking uh, so for research on my part of this episode, I watched uh, the 2006 film Superman Returns, which is objectively bad. Which <laughs> I, I honestly, when it came out, I thought it was a good movie, but then watching it again, I was like. Oh, yeah, this is fucking terrible. But then I also watched uh, the 2013 Zack Snyder film, mm -hmm. Man of Steel. And Man, that was 2013? Yeah. Jeez. I know, can you believe it? Uh, and uh, as I was watching it, I was, you know, watching the destruction happening in Smallville, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. And before I even, like, remembered that it took place in the fictional town of Smallville, I was like, man, this is just, like, small town USA. 
oh wait that's where they fucking come up with the name you know like yeah this is smallville you know like it's oh just a, like nobody, yeah yeah you know so now now we're not going to give too much away because that is for the later part of the episode we still yes. have to do our nbs news segment which uh ian kind of came at me with this story which i'll let him explain but it was fascinating to me because it's a world that i'm i'm relatively clueless in so i had to do some extra extra research to make sure that yeah. i was prepared to at least uh you know weigh in on the conversation right. but i I'm, I'm glad that you were uh willing to have the conversation because i just thought it was relevant to the sphere of uh creativity that we're operating well not only that but i think it all boils back down to to the things that we consistently talk about on this podcast Mm -hmm. really i think it does and um you know and and so now let's not keep this as a secret because i bet everybody's like yeah of course it probably does what the fuck is it yeah yeah tell me guys so ian without further ado why don't you let them know what the hell so if um as you know if we talked about a little bit before on the podcast you know we're both um you know i think gamers I, that's weird to say like, it's kind of weird i think I mean, i'm a I little bit more you are like just because I, I have a, i don't know i dedicate right i mean i have a gaming pc now and you know i've been i've, I've been playing final fantasy 14 uh, with with some co-workers for a little while now so i've been getting right. into the mmo thing for the first time and and i would say that i'm an, like i'm not like a hardcore gamer you know but i don't you've watch, been playing games for a long i've been time. playing games for a long time you know yeah. the, your first console is this, uh, was a nintendo you know what i mean yeah. we've been going yeah. ever since from yeah. there so yeah. you know and i and i'm and i'm you know a big gamer you you know, we talked about in our, uh, what was it, episode 12 now? Sec- uh, the one on Sekiro? Yeah, I don't remember the episode. God, I, I don't remember those, I but believe, I remember the Sekiro I can't episode, believe yeah. we have that many episodes uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so, and I'm a big PlayStation gamer. So on, on that note, uh, there's a podcast that I'm really uh, fond of called Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. And it's hosted by a Colin Moriarty. And he has some... Um, uh, interesting history in the games uh, journalism world. Uh, he was a uh, uh, journalist and editor at IGN uh, for a long time, which is the biggest uh, gaming news uh, website on right. the planet. For those of you that I didn't yeah. know this, but I guess IGN back in the day stood for Imagine Games Network, just so right. anybody yeah. wants to know. Yeah, yeah. Like that, the, yeah that's, that's, I mean, it's important that's a long time of, ago. Yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago, but that's where yeah. it started. I love yeah. how everything just kind of uh, hit, like, goes down to acronyms you know it's same thing with you with dc like when we're going to cover superman yeah. it's like yeah, detective yeah. comics like everything just we start dutch brothers like right no no it's dutch bros now it's dutch bros don't say brothers yeah it's, a- <laughs> it's bros <laughs> brothers is offensive yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> which but, you know no they're really true. passionate about making sure that it's bros like it's it's interesting oh, oh it's, i know yeah yeah and i know and i'm like look that's great get out of my car i don't know why you're yeah <laughs> <laughs> just give me my full super coffee. super friendly i'm like yeah. yeah okay you can get out of my car like that's cool i know you know what's right. ridiculous is like when you go up to the you know the drive-thru because they don't like you can't go inside of a dutch bros like they're all like the small coffee shop except for thing. except for two and grants pass where it started oh there's shit. actually walk-in coffee shops oh, wow. with well, a with a with a store what do you so. know you learn something new every day yep. but like now like because they're busy all the time mm-hmm. you know because they've got the dutch army uh, they uh, they come out walk with out to iPads. your car yeah, now yeah, yeah with yeah. their and take your order so I mean it's smart okay. I mean the last yeah, anecdotal definitely. story I'll say is my grandma was upset because she bought she got this Dutch Bros like thermal uh, thermos mm-hmm. and it came with a free fill so she like had the slip and we were in the thing and. And the lady felt so bad because they gave my grandma's brand new thermos that she got to the car ahead of us. Oh, no. And <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> and so the lady was like, but they didn't even have the right thermos. So they eventually gave my grandmother another thermos. But then they mailed her 
Uh, oh, the old one. The old, not like not the actual old one, but they oh, but like the one same. That was of the same yeah, kind. exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. So they they may have coped for that pretty good, but it was pretty funny. She was pretty devastated at the time. Yeah. And I bet like, <laughs> I, like I can imagine. And so. I'm like, good for the car ahead of them. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, this is not mine. I'm not going to say anything. I'm yeah. going to take this free thermos <laughs> and off I go to work. I mean, it's kind of like when somebody leaves change in the self checkout. You know, like a couple extra dollars or something like that. I'll just fucking take it. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> Cheapskate. Yeah. So anyway, we know who the libertarian is in the room. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. We got a, we got a little a little side yeah, so, track there. Yeah. So, um, Moriarty, he uh, used well, to work for. Or do you have some news or some history here you want to? I do have a little bit, but too? the thing is, is I you would mention because he has a co-host because part of the issue that we're going to get to is is Chris Mal. Maldonado, Maldonado, just just go with Chris Raygun. Yeah, Chris, that's, oh, that's, that's right. Like Raygun is what yeah, he goes. Persona, yeah. So, yeah. so he's also that, that podcast you talk about. He's the co-host yeah, of that. Yeah, and exactly. He's, he's lead to the country, but I wanted just to say that. But yeah. as a novice here, guys, I guess I'll. I what I found out is that he's been a video game journalist for a very long time. Um, Colin has yes, yeah. Colin. Yeah. yeah, back to Colin yeah, for like thirteen uh, years. Or and then he was like the that. senior editor. The last position he had at IGN before he left was the senior editor. So he was like you know yeah. built his way up there. Um, I guess where where he got most of his fame is he was host of one of the most popular PlayStation podcasts called uh, P.S. I Love You XOXO. Right, yeah. Um, and then he co-founded and crowdfunded uh, the internet community Kind of Funny yeah. and Kind of Funny Games. Yeah, right. With his uh, uh, other friend, uh, Greg Miller. Right, who also worked used to work for IGN. Right, and um, and we have Colin. I have a quote from Colin saying, uh, and I quote: "When we broke away to do kind of funny, we wanted to build a community that celebrates the good and strives to be better than the quote internet commentator." Right, right, yeah. And I mean, honestly, I I you know used to listen and watch to it you know for a little bit. I and I've been a fans of of Colin's for a long time, mainly because of his coverage of PlayStation. So. There was some controversy about two years ago, like, uh, was it 2017? March right? 8th of 2017. Okay, right. So, excuse me. So, he, on International Women's Day, yes. he uh, I have tweeted the quote out. Of the tweet. you, yeah, can you read out the quote. tweet? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Remember, I'm just reading a quote here. Yeah. So, uh, on International Women's Day, he, he tweeted, and I quote, Ah, peace and quiet. Hashtag, a day without a woman. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> it is it is funny so well it, it's funny because it's in such like i get what he was trying to do yeah but you would yeah. think that somebody who has a presence would be smarter and understand the culture that right. we're in because when right. i heard him on joe rogan's podcast he sounded like an educated man and he yeah. sound he sounds often like he reminds me a lot of sam harris where he's misunderstood because he just kind of thinks he thinks in actual terms, like, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it because he, yeah. he said, I'm a conservative and he goes, that's not the same as Republican. So yeah. he's like you are yeah. where it's like, he hates that people conflate these terms. And yeah. so I think he just gets confused, but right. So let, let, let me just say here, I, I don't think you and I personally are going to go out and like try to attack him even further or anything like that. And I think even, uh, on the subsequent interviews he did on Joe Rogan and on Dave Rubin's podcast, yeah. I think he did kind of obviously regret saying it and like that it was in bad taste. I mean, I guess he said that his girlfriend even thought it was funny. Um, no, because yeah. he, he did, because when he, at first he doubled down. Okay. So, right. and, and what he did was he basically had just said, look, I hope that, and this is the argument that he was trying to say. He goes, I hope that people that follow me would understand that I am smart enough to not make a derogatory comment right. on International Women's Day. He goes, I purposefully made it so 
like so obvious right that it was like in turn have the reverse effect yeah. where it's like i'm clearly kidding yeah because there's no actual way that i would say something like that on this day if it wasn't meant to be a joke right and so that's I, that's I, what the argument yeah. is though like and and for the most part i would agree with him but i think that he really underestimated yes the power of twitter and well it's distasteful too i yeah, just sure. think that like I mean, and, and, sure. and, and, yeah. and that's just my personal opinion i'm not going yeah. to attack i don't think he's a terrible person you know i don't think that he's a right. you know he's a sexist now because he did this yeah. i just think that he just he didn't like you say he didn't read the situation like what was happening because yeah. this is in 2017 that the culture you know trump's already president culture's already toxic yeah, at yeah. this point yeah um and so you have while, to yeah. and and because you know and he left the republican party because of his disdain for trump so i feel yeah. like he should have you know, he pays attention to politics. I know that's his passion. Mm-hmm. And he should, you know, I, I just think that somebody like that should have just maybe, and people make mistakes, you know, he just didn't really think about it. So right. I don't think he should be blasted, but I also think that like, yeah, yeah not a very you know, solid a, move what, what, what was it? Our, uh, our last episode or two episodes ago now, episode 21 on fascism, you know, we were talking about, you know, the Nazi party and I made a joke that I said, like, I'm one of the good ones. Yes. You know, I'm not a Nazi. Right. You know? But I can see how my online presence uh, and some of the people that unfortunately follow me sure. would see like maybe he does fall in line with one of those things or maybe he's admitting to being a Nazi. Like, no, fucking course not. But because of the way the Internet and Twitter sphere works, people take that and just run with it. Right. So it's like, you know, you know for example, this whole debate, this is we're not going to go down this route. I'm just using it as an right. example. Yeah, but this course. whole debate about about. Trump's rhetoric, like increasing these mass shootings and white supremacy, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, I was talking with my brother a little bit about it. And the one thing that I kind of like, he was like, I don't understand how this is happening. And I went, look, look, I said, I think what's happening is it's not that he's promoting it. He's just, he's not basically taught t- calling it out for what it is. Yeah, and that yeah. leaves room for them to interpret that he that is he in is turn for, promoting yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like, for example, Either you look side, at, yeah. yeah, so when you look at Charlesonville, when he was just like, there's good people on both sides. Like, when you say things like that. Yeah, people like, are like, whoa, you're not like, what do you mean? You're not like promoting <laughs> yeah. it, but you're also not disdaining it. So, it yeah. and, and what they're going to do, like like in your situation, where it's like, you say I'm this, well, that they're going to they're gonna take whatever, they're going to interpret that how they interpret that. Yeah. And, and to them, if you make that joke and you weren't, you know, and they didn't know what was right. going on, they don't know you personally, yeah. they're going to be like, wow, this guy's a Nazi. Yeah. You know, and they will, they, that's an honest assessment they yeah, would yeah. get from you yeah. on that joke. So, I'm just glad we're not big enough yet. Right, so now <laughs> it's like, yeah, you have, you have Colin who tweeted this as a joke and now like, it's yeah. like people think he's a sexist. Right, you know, so I guess long story short is he ends up, I, I can't remember if he was fired or he stepped down from Kind of Funny Games. So here's, here's the time timeline here so uh basically he received extreme backlash for releasing that right on march 13th four days later Mm -hmm. colin resigned from kind of funny and it was stated as a result of differences and visions for the company now both greg miller who is also a former editor and a video host of ign and Mm -hmm. now runs kind of funny yeah greg miller uh you know also stated that it's not because of that tweet, but, but it like, totally is. I mean, like, it's like Quince, it's, it's look, he did the tweet. He got backlash four days later. He yeah. left kind of funny. I mean, yeah. it's just the timing is, yeah. is, 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 you know, serendipitous to say the least. Yeah. 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 It's coincidental. It's too coincidental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. everything but, happens for a reason. <laughs> yep. And yeah. then, you know, and, and then it's, it's interesting too, because Greg Miller, I have a quote from Greg Miller saying, and quote, um, Colin has, also consistently said and done controversial things for the decade I've known him. 
Which basically and, just means he has the different politics than everybody else in game sure. journalism. Yeah, and honestly, that's something that I've recognized too, at being a follower of Collins for a while, at least of his work, and things that he's personally said, is that he's regularly been the black sheep in game journalism for being uh, conservative because most of games journalism, uh, at least in the United States, takes place in Silicon Valley, which is famously uh, politically on the left. So it's just one of those things where it was kind of bound. Well, and he's like got that, like, you know, and, and this is interesting too, because just to continue down his, his kind of path here. So, so Miller swears it wasn't because of his tweet. And even Colin said so that it wasn't because of his tweet when he appeared on the Rubin report on March 17th that year. Mm-hmm. So literally he, he, tweeted it on the 8th left the company on the 13th and then was on the Rubin report on the 17th yeah like he had a busy week yeah yeah um but then after that joe rogan like really yep he launched a new youtube page titled colin's last stand right about history and politics which began early april of 2017 he got ten thousand dollars worth of monthly pledges in less than an hour and he now has $39,000 a month of supporter pledges on top of the 6,000 Patreon support base. Right, and I guess I should disclose that I'm also a patron. Uh, that's like, s- s- seems weird to say, but I guess I should say that, that I'm a patron of his. Oh, so. I guess I don't, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if, if we were talking shit about Starbucks and yet they were like a supporter of the podcast. Oh, I see what you're saying. You see yeah. what I mean? Well, we're yeah. not, I think we're just, you know, we're trying to flesh all this out. Sure. Um, so kind of funny, this is actually very interesting though. Kind yeah. of funny got extreme backlash for how they handled Colin leaving the company. Mm-hmm. They lost over 1,500 Patreon subscribers when he yeah. left, yeah. and now most videos average a 50% dislike ratio yeah. on, on the like or dislike. Yeah. And, and like I said before, Colin is defending his tweet post as a completely obvious joke is what he was basically mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then now we get into the, yeah. Podcast. So, uh, you know, as, uh, Josh alluded to, he started a YouTube channel, um, called Colin's last stand and it became basically his new brand. Um, and one of the, uh, uh, offshoots of it was sacred symbols of PlayStation podcast. Uh, yes. And, and it's something that for me being interested in all things, PlayStation, that's where I kind of go to, to get my, uh, news for that sort of thing. So, um, now we bring things up to 2019. Yes. So, uh, there is a gaming convention called PAX West. Um, there are different variations of it. There's like PAX East, PAX West, and then there's PAX Southwest. I think PAX West takes place in Seattle. It's a big gaming convention. So they, I guess as far as the sacred symbols goes, you've got the co-host Tom Moriarty and other co-hosts, as Josh alluded to, Chris Raygun, yes. who's another uh, online gaming creator. Well, he's a comedian. Is how he's he's marketed as a comedian. Is he? Yes, he is. I mean, I guess he like his content is deliberately funny. And he's, he's been uh, so this be. yeah. So he's yeah. been blasted for his music video titled "Ain't No Rest for the Triggered." Yeah, which will which will <laughs> so he does comedic videos yeah. and yeah. stuff. Which we'll get to yeah. that one after you're done explaining sure. the yeah. Stuff. So <laughs> basically, they as uh, sort of an extra service for their patrons, uh, patreons and uh, no, is for their patrons. I'm sorry. Um, and just something to do, you know, for their supporters is that they were going to try and host a panel at PAX West to, you know, talk to, you know, basically have an episode of the sacred symbols podcast at PAX, uh, at PAX, and then have it be for their supporters, you know, send out tickets and whatnot. And they were going to put it basically up as a bonus episode. Well, they got everything all squared away with the promoters of PAX and they were giving uh, a haul to, uh, and a day and a time to have everything, you know, to record their thing. And then it was going to be streamed on uh, Twitch. But I guess even after people had bought their tickets to PAX and like 
gone and scheduled to deliberately go there as fans and as supporters, PAX rescinded their invitation yes. uh, for both Chris and um, and Colin, basically giving no real reason to it. Um, from what I understand, just from hearing them talk about it on the podcast. Well, they've also, he's also tweeted uh, screenshots from PacWest, the emails that he's received from them. Oh, has so, he? I yeah, so him. I went on Twitter and uh, when I researched him, you can, he, he's actually posted every single email that he was oh, sent. Okay, yeah. So there is, he's he's yeah. documenting on yeah. t- on social media. So I guess media. we can, I, I can put links up to those in the show notes or at least his Twitter feed. Or at least his Twitter yeah. feed, yeah. Because he's basically, they're saying, oh, you know, we're sorry to inform you and, and we're going to do this and do that. And so like, they and you're right, they're just, they, are you know they pulled him and and really after reading the emails there's no real clear explanation as to why but i think in what we were alluding to earlier with his dismissal from kind of funny games and then his subsequent uh, uh other podcast interviews it's kind of like yeah i'm pretty sure we know the reason and that's what he's saying. And so before we kind of go down that route, you know, and talking about that, I just, for, for, for maybe listeners like, like me who don't quite know who this man is, I did some research on, on kind of, uh, maybe just a little insight into his brain. Sure. Um, now this isn't going to encompass this man's entire ideology, but I did, this is like, I think it's important to kind of bring some of this up. So basically he, um, he was a fan of, um, Aaron Rand, who was a Russian American writer and philosopher. Oh, Ayn Rand. Uh, Ayn Rand. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I always read that as Aaron. Ayn Rand. Uh, and basically I have a quote from classic from, libertarian. Yep. I have a quote that <laughs> says, um, and, and I quote that this is some of the, his philosophy. Yeah. Um, Rand's philosophy. Yeah. I quote my philosophy in essence is the concept of man as a, um, heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life with, uh, produce with produced achievement as his noblest activity and reason as his only absolute objectivism is the philosophy of rational individualism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also I have here, I said, uh, Colin, he basically, he doesn't like Trump because, but he's also, he doesn't like Trump, but funny enough, he's also anti-political correctness, yeah. um, which I find interesting. And he's been labeled kind of a libertarian capitalist. Um, he said on the political test, he took that. He was like a libertarian slept capitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to some backlash, he uh, he got flack because he believed in the concept of, of model minority theory uh, when it comes into relation to Asian Americans. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know that, it's the myth that Asian children's are, uh, they're, they're, they're bright in math or music, um, backing by the discipline of their of their parents, making sure that they have that, and they're basically saying that it's a racist kind of stereotype of like Asians have to be good at math and science. Yeah. And you believe that the model minority is that the Asian culture in particular is is just creates geniuses, right? Like because of the discipline of the parents and the way that they yeah. do that, sort of tiger mom parenting, right? Which is like which is and and you know what? That's you know we can go without that another route because you know Harvard and and Yale are under scrutiny for making it difficult for Asian Americans yeah. to to get into their schools, so they're truncated it there, and yeah. and and also too apparently it's it's been shown to basically be hard on 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 normal basically Asian American students that may not be prospering, and they're being judged because like hey you should be good at this stuff, yeah. Right. So he got a lot of backlash for, for kind of believing in that. So that's just a, you know, a little bit of, you know, yeah. history there. Yeah. Oh, he also, around the summer of 2018, IGN got in trouble for ripping off a review from a YouTuber boomstick gaming on the, on the review of dead cells. I don't know if you see yeah. any of that. Yeah, kind yeah, of, okay. I've, I, yeah, I've heard of course I should have. Yeah. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, um, yeah, I guess the broader implications here, um, you know, uh, go moving further away from the notes here is that, 
when you, I guess, go against the grain, you know, and you are so, you know, you do have such a large online presence like Colin Moriarty and I subsequently, you know, his co-host Chris Raygun, people start to react or at least the broader uh, uh, powers that be start to react and start to want to distance themselves. Uh, and so I guess there was, um, I don't want to go as far as say death threats against them, but I think there were death threats against them, uh, insofar as, um, basically saying like, I mean, all the, all the classic things that you would say against people that you, I guess don't like on Twitter. Um, and also he's now canceled his, um, uh, one of his interview series, I think it's called Fireside Chats, or he is going to be canceling it, mainly because he doesn't feel safe anymore, uh, because he would invite people into his apartment that he didn't know. He didn't really have that much of a vetting process, and so he would bring them uh, into his house to have a conversation on whatever topic they were talking about. Um, And so I guess, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up is just because as we, you know, even talking about it off mic, by the nature of what we do and what we talk about. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm, maybe a little bit more controversial, at least as far as my ideas than you are. Fair enough. You know, as far as like, but you still drag me down that rabbit hole. Yeah, so. I do. I do. Yeah. So it's one of those things that you and I, you know, we're, we're not the most intelligent people out there. We're not the most well-read. We don't have all the facts. We don't, we just have, you know, I think pretty good intuitions about certain things. And we know that, Everything that we do is in the spirit of conversation. It's not about being right or wrong. Well, and, and also that too, it's about it's about flexing a muscle. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. and you don't get better at something unless you continue to try it and you do it. And we and this podcast is not just you know it's not just for you and I to get our rocks off. You know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's also to just be like, look, if if we can do this, like if we can try to dig deeper and try to understand things a little bit better, even though we may not be doing it correctly. Or, you know, we may like be coming about it out a weird way. It's still a, a path forward. Mm-hmm. And I've been having like a ton of fun and I feel myself getting better. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be cocky and say I'm the best because we're not. But yeah. I do feel like I, I look at things differently and, and it's easier for me to start, you know, uh, breaking things down critically or, you know, or intellectually more than I have before. And I start to see holes in other people's arguments, which I used to never do before, yeah. you know, so I can even feel a change in myself of, of the more that we do this, like the more that, you know, we're, we're empowering ourselves yeah. and hopefully yeah. we can and encourage people that are listening because they're going through it with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like we'll do the heavy lifting, you know what I mean? And then maybe whatever, if you like, like Ian was saying, like if you hear something we don't like, you know, you, you can, you can go research it or figure it out. But I think where Colin made his mistake is he is passionate about politics and mm. he tried to merge the two. And sure. And the yeah. problem is, is that like, you know, and cause I just go back to Joe Rogan's podcast and, and this is on a different one, but he was the, somebody was, cause was applauding Joe Rogan because he is a UFC commentator, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a comedian Yeah, and even Joe, but he says, I don't bring my comedy into my, when I, when I, when Do I commentate yeah, UFC, UFC, he's yeah. like, I keep, those things separate separate, because I have fans in different areas. Like I have my fighter fans that are not, they may not like my comedy. They may not do this. And he, he brought up the example of when Dennis Miller, uh, was commentating on football and Mm -hmm. how everybody hated it because he tried to just do comedy and they were like, no, we just want to watch football. Like, so, and so what I think is just like, you know, not saying that you shouldn't have to, but it seems to me that what he, what what started to happen, he's even bolder and bolder, you know, with what he was doing. And then let, let me talk about his co-host real quick. Cause I said, I was yeah, going to bring sure, up a yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. And then I want your kind of, I, you're going to think this is funny. I oh, just I, know you are. Yeah. 
Oh, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> so, again, another reason why Colin and Chris have a strong belief that it's their political affiliations mm-hmm. uh, is simply because a couple things. First of all, basically, Chris... Chris Reagan was blasted for his music video titled Ain't No Rest for the Triggered, which had over 4 million views currently. He makes fun of people for being angry at racist Halloween costumes. Uh, he makes fun of people for being angry at misgendering transgender people um, as a few examples. And oh, here we uh, go. He just, yeah, yeah he's, he's just making fun of, yeah. of a lot of people that basically... Of the wokeness. Get, yeah, yeah, of that people yeah. that get really upset by that, which had, obviously, people got upset by that. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, too is that uh, another example that people are kind of say is that they have an aggressive fan base and they have been basically accused of, of riling up their fan base to go be trolls to other people. Right. So there is yeah. accusations that on their, on their stuff, they're like, Oh, they, they encourage their, their supporters to go be rude to other people. Yeah. There's been accusations. Yeah, no, I think well. even some of the coverage of their, uh, disinvitation from PAX has been a lot about attacking their fan base. Yes. Uh, and specifically, um, I so don't that's know why he was so perpetrators are of it. Right. But. So that's why. And so it's really <clears throat> difficult when we don't quite know. And I think, you know, when Ian and I want to talk about this, I think the reason why I was down, what fascinated me is because here's another example of, of a person who has a political ideology that he decided to go balls to the wall. with. Right. Well, and let me just say and, too, that Chris Reagan, I mean, I think, self-identifies as somebody being on the left. Sure. Right? Well, and so, here's, I yeah. have this down too. Most people don't know this. I found this out. He, uh, Colin is, I uh, hope the, this is still correct. I found he is, uh, supporting, he, he now supports Democrat, uh, uh, Talisa Gabbard for president. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause she's very libertarian. Yeah, in sense. Yeah. But, and like, and I think what his, what I meant by boss, the wall of his politics is that he is, he is somebody that understands kind of like we do that, like people are going to believe different things and he'd rather have conversations about it instead of attacking people. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just neglecting to understand the, the, the toxicity of, of the current culture and yeah. where he is in his position. Yeah. And, you know, even on, on Joe Rogan's podcast, he's like, oh, I'm a conservative. And he's like, oh, you're Republican. And he goes, no, I'm not a Republican. Yeah. I'm a conservative. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what's the difference? He's like, well, conservative believes in very minimal government involvement. Yeah. That's the original conservatism. He goes, mm-hmm. it's religion that that came in and started changing ideologies and that became the Republican party. Yeah. And he's like, the Republican party was so different. Like he's talking about Abraham Lincoln yeah. who was fighting slavery. That was a Republican yeah. and Democrats were different back then, you know, like Very it was different. almost reversed. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, with religious ideology and it kind of like now with that being said, Republicans are more open to having government being involved. Um, than they Clearly. ever have been. Well, because abortion is a great example. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody, you know, and he made a good point, you know, he just said, look, as libertarian, I think it's silly to say, don't take my guns, but I'm going to take away your, your choice to, you know, to, to have a kid or not. Right. He's like, it's, it's hypocritical yeah. for you to say that like, oh, I'm, I'm protected by my second amendment. Don't take my right, my liberty, my liberty of choice. Yeah. When it's like, when that's literally what you're trying to yeah, do. Yeah. Like, that's literally what Republicans and, do and you all can't, the time. And you can't pick yeah. it. And he was saying, it's basically, you can't pick and choose mm-hmm. what your liberties are. Like yeah. you can't just say, oh, this one's fine. This one isn't. No, liberties have to be. <laughs> you can have this one, but you can't have that. Yeah, one. classic. Yeah. Like you said, Clapper Glizzard has to be across the board. Yeah, like they're they're individual yeah. choices, and yeah. that's why he's no longer Republican because of the Trump and everything else. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, like, like I'm like, dude, nobody's gonna know that. The average person is not going to separate conservative from Republican. Of course, of course. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's like, why I mean I think you know, despite the risks of being deplatformed or non-personed or whatever, whatever the bad things that could happen to us are is that we've got to separate the wheat from the chaff here yeah. and, and, 
diving deep here. I mean, we just had a whole segment on on political and philosophical isms. Yes, you know, and and which were by no way deep dives as they could have been. No, no, we we, we, could, we are like scratching yeah. mainly surfaces on a lot of these topics yeah. because you know people have spent their entire careers writing about one topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it can get further. We're just like, you know, for us, if you can get a little piece of these things, like just taste them because here's for me, I can take a bite of a cake to know that I would enjoy it. I don't have to eat the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is good cake. Yeah. yeah. Like I can take a bite. <laughs> you have to and, really eat cake to eat the whole cake. Yeah. And I would assume yeah. <laughs> that if I can take one bite and that tastes good to me, then I'm going to assume I'm probably going to enjoy the rest of the cake. Yeah. But I don't need to like, so for us, we're not going to do a six hour podcast going into every minute detail. Of Maybe these, we of should. <laughs> Maybe we should have the extended like the history, edition. Lord what's of the that, Rings what's that history, that history podcast. That's uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, there's um, like detailed history, I think is what it's called. And he, he, his episodes are like seven hours long and he does Jesus. like detailed, uh, like really detailed history lessons. Yeah. It's like deeper history or something like that. I'm yeah. not sure. But we're at the 32 minute mark. I'm yeah, being cautious so, uh, of time. Yeah, so whatever I, you want to throw in there and then. No, we'll... I, I think we're good. I, you know, I just, again, I wanted to bring this up because I did think it was relevant, you know, even though it was, it took place in a slightly different arena than where we operate. I think, uh, well, I don't think we're good quite yet. My friend, really? I don't think you've, you haven't told me at all. Like what you think, why do you think that pack Wex pulled it? And what do you think Colin had done to, to achieve that? I'm curious. Cause you haven't mentioned anything about that. Yeah. Yet. I mean, I do think it has to do with just his previous history. So online. you think it's political, like his yeah. political history. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I absolutely do. I mean, and uh, on top of that as well, just in relation to the sacred symbols podcast, the it's not, you know, it's not a political podcast. It's a PlayStation podcast, but they do bring in politics here and there, and Colin certainly airs his beliefs sure. on air. And it's one of those things where now it's beyond me why uh, Pax West and the promoters even gave him a spot to begin with. That's the weird part, you know. They they confirmed and then maybe, rescinded it. Maybe they looked at maybe one person at the top. You know what I mean? It's it's really it's it's you could speculate. You know what I mean? Yeah, we like somebody higher up day. didn't know, and then that person got the news. They're like, "Whoa, we got them a spot." No, no, no. Like, get rid of them. You exactly. Know, so. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to to see if this this story gets flushed out further, and then we'll go back and listen to this episode, and we can either say, "Wow, we were right on yeah. point," or "Wow, we were really fucking off." Because yeah. uh, even the the Joe Rogan episode I listened to of Colin, it was uh, shit. It was back in 2013 is when he did that, and then he was like making he said something like politically and I'm like, Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. wrong. He's yeah. like, I believe it's wrong in this. And I'm like, well, that did not happen. That so it happened. So that's all. why I was yeah. afraid of that. You know what yeah. I mean? What we talk about, it's like, we're going to go back and listen to our old episodes and be like, yeah. wow, we were idiots. Yeah. Like, well, we, you know, we that's pre- why we need to have like a part two to our uh, number one episode. I right? think so too. Yeah. I think we need to go back to flaws in American democracy. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so that'd be so, fun. So. But now we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into Superman. Superman. Oh my God. Is that going to copy? That's copyrighted. Sorry. I should. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll find out. Bye-bye. We'll be back. Hey guys. Hey guys. Ooh, Josh and Ian here. Yeah. Hey, so this is the time we just wanted to say that, you know, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks so much for You know, if you made it this far, then you're doing your job. Yeah. We're doing our job. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. And so, so we didn't want to be super pretentious here, but we thought, let's throw in I'm our be own super pretentious. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be. <laughs> so anyway, we're here yeah. guys to say that we just want you to, encu- we want to encourage you to like, share and subscribe. 
Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at NecessaryBSPod. Um, you go to our website, and that's NecessaryBSPodcast.com. And we're so thankful for all of you that have, have come in on the ground floor. You podcast listeners out there, keep listening to other podcasts. Keep having a good time. Keep enjoying. Especially listen to ours. Absolutely. So remember, please like, share, and subscribe. And uh, enough of us talking. Let's get back to us talking. Yeah, let's get back to the bullshit. And we're back. back to the podcast. Yes. Now we're into the fun part. I'm so excited yeah, for this Was episode. none of that fun back then? <laughs> <laughs> no episode we've done has been fun for me. It's been torture. Up until, yeah, yeah, up until this exact moment. the room for, for Yeah, me. I've just had to look at you this entire time. And, you know, it's like, it's like that classic psychopath movie where I just have pictures of you in my room that have scraped your eyeballs <laughs> out. Like, I can't wait to fucking murder this guy. <laughs> I'm so tired of looking at you. See, now yeah. you're going to be murdered, and they're going to come back and look at this podcast, like, and they're going to like, Josh me. totally did it. I did it. Yeah. Um, but no, Going guys, on the welcome, record now that Josh is my murderer. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, we are going to cover Superman. I'm super stoked for this. And, you know, Ian was really nice. He's like, look, man, you took the time, and you covered From Software with me. So, like, we got to throw you a bone and do something you enjoy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, oh, right, we yeah. talking about fucking socialism all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had to switch it up yeah yeah what do you think the s on his chest stands for dude yeah socialism that's <laughs> great that's solid great. joke solid yeah, joke solid yeah. yeah so um yeah i i wanted to do this podcast mainly because it it really does have a lot of relevance to uh what we talk about but then also i knew it was a big interest uh, to josh and as i uh, said in our uh nbs news segment i went and did you know, because I what I know about Superman is is very limited. I've always been kind of more of a Marvel fan. Yeah, I've liked you know Batman for a long time, but I've definitely been more of a Marvel guy. And so I just don't know that much about the history of Superman. Sure, obviously you'll know a little bit more than me, and plus your research. And so I wanted to go back to the references that I had, which were the two aforementioned movies that I talked about, which sure. you know Superman Returns, which was done by Brian Singer, who did the original X Men movies, which hmm. I didn't know, and then uh, the Zack Snyder uh, Man of Steel. And uh, now I don't, I didn't go back and watch the, the Christopher Reeves and th- those. Like... I, well, I didn't, I didn't watch those, but then I also didn't go and rewatch Batman v Superman and Justice League. Oh, got League, it, got you, know? you just yeah. focus on yeah. yeah those yeah, two films, just those yeah. two. So. So, so yeah, why don't you start us off? Yeah, yeah so I uh, we'll give some we'll give some history here. So I basically this is referenced from a book. Uh, what do I have the name of that book somewhere in here? Oh, I didn't even bring my phone back in with me. This is off. This is embarrassing. Anyway, we'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus. I have a quote here. So the <laughs> the action comics number one. So the first time in which I have uh, a framed uh, basically picture of the cover of superman the famous thing where superman is saving he's got a car above his head and the guy's like this and he's like saving him from getting crushed from a car very very influential yeah comics listeners can see it now yeah and um (laughs) this (laughs) yes the listeners can see it now that was that was i I mean hey i might put in an image of it so that way they can see it you said that and i just looked up and i just saw like the stoic look on your face and the way you delivered that i listeners i wish you could have saw the look on ian's face it's hilarious um so i have a little quote here it says the Superman we all know, created by writers Jerry Siegel and artist Joe Shuster, first bound upon the scene in 1938 with the publication of Action Comics Number 1. Right off the bat, we get several familiar aspects of the character. He's sent to Earth as an infant while his home planet collapses. 
His alter ego is a is a meek newspaper reporter named Clark Kent, and he becomes associated with fellow journal, journalist Lois Lane. Lois Lane was in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Superman is also billed as the champion of the oppressed. I think of him since it was two Jewish kids who created him as the ultimate um, Destoria Jew, says Larry Ty, author of the history of Superman. That's that's it. That's Larry Ty, that's the name of it. Yeah. He came in from another planet, looked looked at one way, oh, looked at one way, his story was kind of part of Moses' story. Parents trying to save their firstborn son, floating him into outer space instead of down a river. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's the fascinating implications of, of his origin. So I'm going to focus a little bit on, on Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Feel free to jump in. Ian, no, yeah, 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 of course. No, I'm just like, I'm just taking it all in for now. So it's been, and, and again, and what Larry has done in his book uh, of the history of Superman, he's basically, he's saying that some of the or, origins of, of the influences of John Carter of Mars, um, which is a reverse Superman story, which John Carter is a human that gets sent to Mars. And because right. Mars has less gravity, he's got powers on Mars. Yeah. So basically, it's the reverse Superman story, um, and then there was a, Which 19- is a really bad Disney movie, by the way, John Carter. You know, here's the thing: I don't think the movie was that bad. They just marketed it awful. Like if you watch the film, I didn't think the film was right, that they bad. They marketed it like it'd be the next Terrible. Star Wars or something. No, like no, that. they did. They wanted to do that, but then they just put John Carter. They give no. I'm I'm not going to go down that yeah. route. I'm actually <laughs> pretty upset by that because I was excited for the John Carter movie and. And it was just like terrible advertising. They just did not handle the marketing for that movie very well. But um, in in 1930s, there was a novel novel by Philip Wiley called Gladiator, featuring the lead character by the name of Hugo Danger, who was scientifically altered by... Isn't that Danger? No, D-A-N-N-E-R. Okay. Daner. Uh, Who was scientifically (laughs) altered... Austin Danger Powers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, who was scientifically offered by his father while he was in the womb. He had the strength of Samson, the speed of Hermes, and the impervious skills um, uh, of, de- oh, of deduction. Um, and basically, he was described as superhuman. And then lastly, Clark Savage Jr., which is known as Doc, which is probably one of the m- most strongly correlated influences of Superman's origins, right. hit the newsstands in 1933, which is also known as, he's known as the Man of Bronze, hmm. who Doc was. Uh and Doc had a hero's code of conduct with matches that of Superman's, and both had a fortress. Both had a fortress of solitude in the Arctic. <laughs> Interesting. So this this Doc, whoever in this novel, uh, yeah, basically he's he's his name is Clark, uh, first of all, and he's got a fortress of solitude, very similar code structures. Now we have um, pulps were early comic books formed around the 1890s. Uh, the name came from the coarse paper it was printed on. Right. Um, and it was the successor to the Penny Dreadful magazines mm-hmm. in the UK. And yeah. then um, and basically it kind of moved from there. So owned from Pulps. And, and what I love about Superman is he is he is the he's the birth of comic books in a way. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, he was the first hero of his kind. And then everything exploded after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's and basically we have. The, the fantastic, and so we're talking about, now we're going back to Jerry Siegel, who is in the mastermind about the, basically he started his first company in high school, Jerry Siegel did, called the Fantastic Fiction Publishing Company, uh, with a written journal type series called uh, Cosmic Stories. Uh, he had a pen name, he went under Charles McAvoy, he wrote uh, another pen name under Hugh Langley, um, he's, he's written in high school, and I was saying he was, he's writing under a lot of pen names, uh, possibly just because he was a kid at the time. Yeah. Um. It has been it has been known that Clark uh, actually came from Clark Gable, as where Clark was used. That's hmm. documented same, and that's the same for uh, the character Doc, that nineteen thirty book. Okay. 
Same thing. Uh, yeah. the, daily, the, the Daily Planet was originally the Daily Star, mm-hmm. and the Daily Planet was its successor. Um, Superman was the first hero to go from the comic strip. I uh, know, go from uh, from. Oh, oh, what did I wrote here? Uh, so was was the first hero to go from comic to strip instead of the other way around? Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. So most most of these things were strips and newspapers, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, comic strips yeah. like uh, that you read in the funny pages in yeah. the newspapers. So every other every other thing went from. Uh, it went from strip to comic, yeah. but Superman was the first one to start out in comics and then move his way into the into Got strips. that popular. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Krypton was born uh, when he when he debuted on the newspaper slip for the first time, and he couldn't fly until 1943. There's just some fun little facts here. Huh. Um, yeah, but Krypton was was debuted on the news on a new slip. Oh, not really? not in the comic. Yeah. And there's a lot of like different variants when it when it comes when it comes to that. So yeah, there's just some super cool stuff and and here's the here's the Jewish roots, I guess, that are interesting. Uh Cal L. Yeah. Um Bearsley, those are Jewish roots. Israel, Samuel L, Ezekiel L. That makes sense. That and makes I, sense. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, because, yeah, because a lot of a lot of angels have that kind of L into their name. Even uh Lucifer uh it was previously known as uh uh, gosh, what was his, what was his angelic name? I can't, I can't remember, but it had one of those L's. Uh, yeah. Samael, I think. No, no, I don't think it was. Samael. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it. We'll I'll look, look it up. Yeah. So, and then Cal, so this is Superman for those people who are not familiar, which I'm sure a lot of people are, but just in case there's a random Yahoo that's not, um, you know, Superman is from the planet Krypton and his given name on his planet is Cal L. That's what right. we're referring to. Um, when, when I'm talking about these connections and we're talking about Jerry Siegel and his, his basically what we think was his motivations for, for naming that Cal is, is similar to Hebrew words of voice and vessel. So the Hebrew word for voice is coal and the Hebrew word for vessel is Kali. Hmm. So there, he was thinking that L is a, is a proper ending of, of, of Jewish roots and Cal is, is very similar to the Hebrew word for voice or vessel, which I found fascinating. And also Superman's truth, justice, and the American way are based off the Jewish tradition um, of justice, truth, and peace. So there's, there's connects with, with, with Jewish morals and, and values as, as connected to what Superman has. But also, too, it's, it's Superman is so versatile that he's literally, you know, Christians have claimed that he's like the Messiah figure. You know what I mean? Like he, he's oh, been yeah. linked. He's been linked to many different religions. I but mean, this even is... in, in some of his depictions, he has a very much like that imagery is going through. It, right. You know? And I just, you know, and I think about, you know, just these two Jewish boys in 1930s, like late 1930s, we're about to get into World War II. We're seeing what Hitler's starting to do. And, you know, just the fear of these kids and, and just needing a hero and creating that. It's just, it's so amazing to me. Like what, you know, what Superman was, the conditions of the world at the time that this, this superhero was born into. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, especially just the, uh, since, you know, we're about to get into World War Two. you know, Hitler is on the rise in Germany. So uh, especially, you know, two Jewish kids sort of coming together and creating this character, being that kind of hero figure in a sense, a messiah going against the Nazis, you know, I mean, did he, did he, did uh, Superman fight Nazis in any of the comic books? Here's the thing. That's yeah. funny that you brought that up yeah. because he didn't. And that was a fantastic choice on their part to do that, which we'll get into yeah. the, the history. Yeah. Um, um, but first, I guess what we should, I, I don't really know. Do you, I feel like 
I want to to do a description of who he is, but I feel like a lot of people should know, and we could probably yeah, cover everybody. That as yeah, we I go. think everybody knows what um, Superman is. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have a few stuff. So we have uh, Krypton is Greek for the word hidden. Huh. Didn't know Interesting. that. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and and Kryptonese Kalel means star child. <laughs> um, let's see. His undoing is his own moral relativism which I thought is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Like hello philosopher. Why don't you talk about moral relativism uh, for the, for the, for the class, for the class. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So moral relativism, it's sort of a broad topic, but it's basically, uh, so people on the left, uh, or other, otherwise known as liberals, you know, today or progressives, have been accused by people on the right for being moral relativists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mainly when it comes to, uh, now this is going to be controversial and maybe we'll get into it in a future episode, but on their views of Islam, right? So, uh, the left being the good feminists that they are, you know, talking about women's rights when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to some, some of the tenets of Islam and how Muslim women are treated treated in the Muslim world, especially when it comes to uh, female genital mutilation or uh, wearing of the hijab or, you know, burqa, uh, all that fun stuff. It's a lot of the times they're just like, well, that's their own culture. That's their Muslim culture. We should let them decide how they want to be. That's sort of a moral relativism in the sense that they're taking a strong position uh, for the liberation and, uh, and freedoms of women across the world. But when it comes to another culture that has very different values are like oh well it's the oppression of women over there is fine because that's a different culture right so they, they're they're basically just equating like even back in the day this was a critique of superman which yeah. is interesting yeah um and 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 here's which f- i think will come back around when we get into the discussion of man of steel that's true yeah. that's true yeah. so um so superman you can go a little bit deeper superman is isn't about faith He's about inspiration. Yeah, is is why it's yeah. so important, and he inspired a whole younger generation to to, to be better. And you know, and and then he also um, Larry, when in his book, he like I, I just know him from his first name basis. Yeah. That's cool. Just like we know Sam and Joe and yeah. So yeah. Larry in his book, he he basically says that he 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 really appreciates the the Jewish origins of of the writers because yeah. he says that 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 storytelling, like the Jewish culture has, has, has been so important in storytelling mm-hmm. and they've cultivated storytelling and they're, and they're, they're one of the best, you know, at it. Yeah. And they're great with humor too. There's a lot of humor in Superman. And he even said, he made a side note that in the 1970s, more than 80% of the top paid comics were Jewish. Yeah. You know, so they're Jewish. They, you know, they have comedy. They know how to make fun. They know how to tell stories. And you see like a lot of similarities with, you know, like, of course, Samson is, is a huge influence uh, in Superman because that was the original, I guess you can, the, the biblical Superman in a way. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, was just going to keep going down here. So in, what do I have here? In 1946, Clan of the Fury Cross. Okay. The first radio <laughs> show, right? That it's sounds a, a bit like Ku Klux Klan. It is. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the first radio show where they use Superman to take down the KKK. Interesting. And, okay. and and what was really amazing is that they actually were getting code words of actual KKK language and every radio show they had to listen and they try to change it. So they were like giving it was really it was awesome what they huh. were doing. They were they were trolling yeah. the original they used Superman to troll the KKK back in nineteen forty six with their radio show because hmm. he was just taking down clan members and, and you know, basically spouting some awesome truth and, and, and there was like sixteen to fifteen minute episodes. 
and it was all uh, up to a, a man named uh, Maxwell, which is his last name, which okay. is by Maxwell. Sure. And Maxwell ran the radio ads on, on and basically he controlled the radio media okay. um, with Superman. So he's basically been bouncing. But I, I do want to talk about Superman and, and Nazis for a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that sentence would come out of my uh, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Josh wants to talk about Nazis? Yeah, what? So the... This is before, so Superman, his first issue, like we said, was in 1938. Yeah. It was a year before we entered the war. Yeah. Um, and then a couple more years, uh, is a year before World War II started. Right. And it was a few years before, I think, what, 1941 is when we got involved. Something like that. Uh, is Pearl Harbor, after Pearl Harbor, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I just, uh, yeah, December 7th, right? That's the date nobody wants to forget, 1941, I think. I guess so. I've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope. If history buffs are listening to this and I'm wrong, I apologize. And feel yeah. free to call me for the ass that I am. Yeah. But um, so they found out that, that, that they were afraid that because Superman was so powerful that he could just go over there and destroy everybody. And he, they thought that that would paint a negative image to the soldiers that were fighting for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they didn't want to, to, to basically overshadow what the people were doing and so they they cleverly like made superman you know stay at home right. during that yeah. and he did things and he might have helped here and there and, and eventually he probably did that but during the bulk of the war superman was one of the only heroes at the time to not be battling nazis yeah and and what what they claim is like helped his stardom is that people were tired of it mm-hmm. superman gave them a break yeah what do you have on the radio? World War II. Boom, boom, boom. All the comics are fighting. They're fighting it. You know, so in real life, we're fighting Nazis. And in the comic books, are fighting Nazis. And Superman was the only one that focused on other stories and villains that were relatable. And they, yeah. and they, gave, they gave the youth culture just a break. Yeah. You know, from having that. And, right. and it's, it's attributed to like one of the most, one of the smartest choices they could have done is to allow Superman to not go and, and, and tackle that problem because the world was working on yeah, it. Yeah, because it would have been too easy to do that. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's where and that's where that geniusness that they said it really skyrocketed Superman's popularity. Like I was telling Ian off mic, it blew my mind when I found out that, you know, so many, so many men in the military at the time were reading Superman comics. Uh, it's a detective comics at the time was giving around 25,000 copies mm-hmm. uh, to different branches. At one point, the army was the biggest uh, you know, consumer of, of Superman's uh, comics, and and there's even like quotes from soldiers after D-Day claiming Superman being what's kept them motivated. And I just, I didn't, you know, I never Get really look at that Lois Lane. Yeah, right. just I never really understood that that that's huge connection and how yeah. you know just he's been built throughout the years, you mm-hmm. know, and how he's been adapted yeah. and changed, and he's gone to each medium and he's dominated that medium. You know, for you know, when you have George Reeves, who was the was the first real. You know, there's somebody before him in the radio, but George Reeves was like the first successful kind of iteration TV television wise of uh-huh. Superman. Yeah, and you know, in his story is fascinating too because he's uh, you know he committed suicide uh, three days before he's about to get married and things like that, and it was really tragic because <coughs> children were parents were hiding the newspaper because it said you know you know you know Superman's dead yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was like really terrible and but it's still like his mom thinks that it wasn't an accident they think it was an actual thing because like the way that apparently there's no gunpowder on his face like so there's like there's conspiracy theories around Weird. that because when was the tv show like in the 50s or 60s no this was this is late it was like late late 40s like okay so okay. free and into the uh, late 40s but here's the interesting thing too is <laughs> The Nazis hated Superman. Oh uh, yeah, because of what he stood for. Yeah, and they tr- they and because they understood the Jewish roots of the character, mm-hmm. 
And they were the biggest people that banned, like that tried to say that it's poisoning the youth. And they were trying to like get like shadow writers to, to, yeah, but nope, didn't work. Superman exploded in Germany. Um, what? Or, Not in Germany. Or, no, no. Germany banned it at the time. The world, I just said yeah. across the world. Superman right, right, yeah. Superman held the title for the best-selling comic for generations. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's just like, then Batman followed suit, but then Batman... Batman actually has a not a very solid comic history. Right. Uh, his sales have dipped quite a bit throughout the ages. And, yeah. and Superman is, Superman is, there's only like, Already I think been pretty consistent. There's like, yeah, pretty consistent. I think there was one, there's one brief moment in like the mid fifties to early sixties where he kind of dipped a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but then obviously he just came back in, in full force and, and they revamped that. And it's just because several other people have, have had put their mark on it. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's been mainly Jewish writers that yeah. have, have kept him alive. And I think that's important. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess then, given after giving us some history, mm-hmm. I, I really want to explore what you think, what you personally uh, get from Superman, why Superman is so inspiring to you, and what is your image of Superman, and why you think, at least I this is what I think you think, is that why you think that Superman, sorry for all the thinking, uh, <laughs> why you think that, that I think that you think that I think why do I think that thinking is part of this grander thinking process that you think is about thinking and now um, you're cross-eyed yeah um, so why do you think that Superman Returns and Man of Seal are not good representations of of the character so yeah uh, so first I mean why don't you give me what your ideal image of him is or, or what, sure you know, so just so um, I know there's a picture of me when I was four months old in the Superman costume you know my mom had got it for me when I was young uh-huh. and I just I've been a Superman fan ever since. You know, I, I started with I started with the the TV show, the Justice League show, and then I started trying to get my uh, try to get a hold of comics. But I was I was really digesting a lot of Superman cartoons, and and then you know around I was I think I was eleven years old when Smallville uh, hit on the CW, and that ran for eleven yeah, that was a long time, and ago. that ran for eleven seasons, yeah, uh, which was one of the most successful origin like comic uh, comic book ad- adaptations to TV still to this day, and it mm-hmm. really. Like the whole Arrowverse, if anybody's familiar with that, is Smallville started that. Smallville yeah. was the first of its kind, and then after that, this whole superhero and TV is shows. Smallville canon to the current Arrowverse. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, they obviously they tweak it, uh, but sure. they used and one of the episodes of Supergirl they used the original Kent Farm that they did in Smallville. Okay. Uh, so they, I believe, and they even I think there's one thing that they talk about Chloe and, and who's a character in the in the show. Which fascinating about Chloe is she didn't exist in the comics. She was she was the only character that was created for the TV show Smallville. Okay. And she is now in the comics. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. She was so popular that they that they threw her in here. So for, you know, real quick, since you since you started about uh, how. You know, you were you your parents put you in yeah. Superman clothing. I feel like I'm creating a super uh, sorry, it's not super, but a Spider-Man fan and my son because my wife and I give him Spider-Man stuff. Do you really? And put him in like he has like a Spider-Man pajama outfit. I, I, I see he's got Spider-Man sunglasses too, right? Uh no, but he's got. Oh, oh does he? I thought he had Spider. Uh, maybe maybe I think it's. Uh, I, I thought his sunglasses had Spider-Man. Uh, on shit, too. he might. Uh, but he's got a Spider-Man watch and uh, two Spider-Man pajamas and a Spider-Man shirt. And one of his favorite movies is the uh, Into the Spider Verse. So. Yeah, that's great. Cried, yeah, anyway, yeah, you're doing it. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So, so um, Smallville was huge for me. Yeah. You know, I was I grew up with the show. I was I was 11 when the show first came out, and I was what 22 when the show ended. Wow, I think yeah. So it's a long time. Yeah, and Smallville was amazing to me. I, mm-hmm. I ate up every bit of that. And for those people that don't know, it basically it's a it's a show about. About like the Clark. Early life of Clark. Yeah, it's yeah. basically his. It starts when he's a freshman in high school, okay. and it ends 
like, you know, when he's working at the Daily Planet and the the last episode is the first time he puts the Superman suit on. Huh. So you just get to grow up with him. You know, yeah. he starts as a freshman in high school as he's learning his powers, as he's trying to like navigate through the difficult world. And, and, and for me, I just, you know, just, I never stopped. I mean, I got, and since everybody knows me and they know, like, I have acquired so much Superman stuff because people that when they know Josh, that I'm connected to Superman where it's like, they're like, Oh, it was Josh. He loves Superman. So everybody I got, I have, you know, I have one of the, I have the, a copy of the, of the last comic uh, Superman was ever in. I have, like I told you that, that frame thing, the glass I'm drinking out of right now has got a Superman uh, logo on yeah. and he's tattooed on my back as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to get my fandom out of the yeah. way. And now, now we'll talk about what he means to me. So here's the thing. And I think it's actually pretty relevant to what was going on when he first was created during world war two. And this is what I mean. Superman is the example. We, we know that power corrupts. Absolutely. Look at our government. You know, people are starting to realize that where it's like, Oh, these people are, Oh, the corrupt Hillary and corrupt this and corrupt that. And, and, and we're just flooded with it. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of like, you know, look at the leaders like Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un and the corrupt this and, and this and that and power corrupts. That's what we've been told. Superman is the one exception to that rule. And it's nice. It's nice to see somebody that has the power to destroy everything in his one hand. But what does he choose to do? He just chooses to be a humble, nice guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he chooses to fight for the common good. Yeah. Like that resonated with me. Here's a man that has all the power, but because of how he was raised, the loving family he was put in with the Kents and just the way that he, he wanted so desperately to be a part of humanity. And, you know, for me, I've always been, I didn't make, uh, my first friend was in the fifth grade, but I was very shy as a kid. I played Pokemon a lot and Mm -hmm. I didn't have a friend group. Yeah. And Superman was alienated because he was a literal alien. He he was in a world that he didn't know and understood. And I I, I resonated with that. Like mm-hmm. I I felt like, you know, I felt like I had a hero inside of me, like somebody that wanted to fight for the same things he did. But like he was also alienated in school. And I just I just connected to that. And I wanted to be the Superman. And and I think that look at World War Two. Like look at all the the corruption and the and the power that was going on there. And how, how much of a, of a relief it must have been to read about this hero that could do all these things. What did he choose to do? You know what? I might choose to be good. If this guy can choose to be good, right. Then why, what, what's my fucking excuse? Yeah. yeah. You know, and just his origin <clears throat> stories of, of being an alien on a new planet and trying to adapt. And, 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 and I think that what most people lose track, of, Oh, he's boring. Cause he's, he's, he's powerful. No, that's what makes him so interesting to me because what do you have to do? You have to come at it at a human side, right? You, yeah. It's relationships and it's people and it's 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 ideology. Yeah, that's where you go after. You, I can watch a classic villain all day. Oh, it's a struggle. But then they then but they add stuff in. Like mm-hmm. Superman is prone to magic. He's prone to other aliens and he's prone to kryptonite, which we yeah. know of. And yeah, and yeah. so they've added that in. But majority of the time, he didn't have that for a huge part of his history. Yeah. Um, fun fact is, um, <clears throat> a comic that never was released is called K metal, which was a Kryptonian metal, which was, was supposed to be the origins of kryptonite because, uh, no, they didn't want that at the time, but there is a strip that nobody's seen that talks about K metal, um, which is, which is kind of was supposed to be the first thing that's supposed to, to get him. Yeah. Cause so, what, what <clears throat> exactly does kryptonite come from? Obviously it comes from his planet. Yes. Krypton, but is it just like one kind of material that is from there that is particularly toxic to Kryptonians. So, yeah. So here's, okay. here's the thing that kind of, here's the, here's the lore kind of behind that. Yeah. So, so Krypton's got a red sun. Now that came later. The original, the original source of Superman's power said that Krypton was just a much bigger planet and it had stronger gravitational pull. Right. And yeah. so the earth was smaller planet, less gravity. He was able to, that's why he can leap a building in, in single yeah. bounds and he can, you know, had super strength because yeah. it, it had to do with the, uh, 
the the basically like, Krypton being such a massive planet. Yeah, like millions of people evolving over yes. a long period of time on. Uh, yes, such a, and yeah. so you know Krypton is an advanced race. His father is one of the top scientists. Okay, right. what? Uh, so the the common lore Jor El, right? Jor El, yes, yeah. uh, Jor El, and um, you know, and you have Laura, his mother. Yeah, um, his biological mom. Yeah, uh, not to be confused <laughs> with Martha. Yeah. Um, who was Mary originally? So there's so many names. So the fun thing <laughs> is, is that what happened is on, on Krypton, uh, he, Superman's dad was a lead scientist, and he found out that that the the uranium in the core of the planet was was starting to churn and activate, and he was saying that it was going to basically become a bomb, and they right. needed to do something about it. But there was a civil war going on. This is where Zod, General Zod, comes in. Yeah. So they couldn't. He couldn't get them to listen to them because they were so focused on the civil war. Mm. Um, the planet was going to explode. And so he did the only thing he could do is he said, I'm going to save my son. You know, yeah. him and his wife decided. So they put Superman in a pod and they shot him off to earth. Right. Um, and you know, it's been adjusted, but for, for, for it's modern, been pretty consistent. You know? It has, but for modern terms, uh, they've, they switched it. It's no longer gravity. It's, it's red sun versus the yellow sun. So it's as sw- in Krypton sun was much bigger or just, it was the, yeah, like it was the actual- an older, Older, gotcha, gotcha. So it was red because it was a much older sun. And yeah. so what? how the new origin is, and I think this was past the 60s, yeah. where this got adapted, which I prefer it much better to gravity. But Superman gets his powers from the yellow sun. And it's because it's such a young sun, uh-huh. like it just energized his entire body because he's so used to that, the, the low... The, the the terrible the the red sun is nowhere near as powerful and as strong as the yellow sun is because he spent his whole life never having it. Uh-huh. It was the yellow sun that gives him his powers, which is why you see. So you know, and we're going to talk about the movie, but the only moment that I really did like in Superman Returns is when he's like when he just that moment where he's just floating in the air and you just see the sun hit him. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like sure. Right after Lex of the day, I yeah. love that moment. Just yeah. his just Superman's connection to the sun. And I do that mockingly. Like sometimes I'll walk outside and the sun will hit me and I'll just like close my eyes. And I'm like, give me all them rays, you know, like give me that vitamin D so yeah. I can fly. Yeah. Um, and you know, when he landed, so originally he was, he was sent to an orphanage and mm-hmm. then the Kents picked him up and then they changed the story to where the Kents found, like, find yeah. him. Um, they didn't have names at first. It was just the Kents. And then it was like, then they were different names like Samuel and something else. And, and then it was originally a uh, John and Mary. And then they, <laughs> More religious imagery. Yep, yeah. more yeah. religious imagery. And then it, it then it finally was solidified as Jonathan and Martha. Okay, okay. Which gotcha. is ours as parents. Yeah. And, and Pretty much the same. <laughs> pretty yeah. much the same, yeah. but a little bit different. Yeah. But it was just like the small town Kansas farm, you know, that his dad had strong morals. And, and it was just, that's the, that's the story here. It's just, I loved his moral compass. And I loved like how he just didn't have to be who he was. Yeah. Like, yeah. but that's who he was. And I just looked up to that. He was a role model. And, yeah. and even in Smallville, it's like he always saw the best in people. Like I just, Tom Wellings, who, who is the actor that played him, just did such a fantastic job. I mean, he was rough in the beginning like mm-hmm. anybody else is. But, you know, you, you're used to that. Sure. It's just a, yeah, yeah. But I remember there's several scenes where, you know, they string, I like, get one scene and again, it's religious symbolism, but they, uh, they, this is in Smallville. This is in Smallville. Okay, yeah. So he he clarify. he loved. So his first love is is not Lois Lane. Not Lois well, of course first not. He doesn't yeah. meet her until Daily Planet. Exactly. So in high school, it's it's Lana Lang. <laughs> you know the comic books and the whole like the whole consistency and alliteration of the names like yeah. Peter Parker, like Ben B- Billy Batson. You know, it's like Clark it's, Kent. Clark yeah. Kent. It's yeah. like just the alliteration is is is, is common, but. 
So that's his first love. Right. Is and that's even in the comics too. They bring that back later in the comics of yeah. his first love when they do the Superboy comic when they that's when okay, it was gotcha. released and yeah. that basically cuz at first they were like the original story he went from it was one panel where he went from an infant to Superman and they just assumed that he had his powers there. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody was like, "No, man, we can't just have him to like just have his powers like how how does does it justify a suit? How does it justify this? And, and you know, there's certain principles that... Yeah, like, we're going to work this shit out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're like, we can't just, like... Yeah. we got to work it really out. quickly, isn't uh, the new movie Brightburn, um, like, a dark take on what if, like, when Superman was being raised, uh, like, went evil? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're, it's... Like, even... they, I'm sure they don't have the license uh, for Superman. Sure, so they probably are going about it a roundabout way. Um, yeah, they, I mean, there's been comics under the Red Sun... Right. is an offshoot comic where Superman landed in Soviet Russia instead yeah. of the States. Yeah. Um, and that created a whole nother thing. And, you know, and they've tried, they've, they've done some stuff in yeah. the past before, but, yeah. but the scene that I love in, in Smallville is, is he, Lana Lang, he's, he's loves her, but he always gets like nervous and sick around her and he doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, you find out like the audience knows, but he right. doesn't. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, she wears this necklace all the time that she was given from her mom. It's, it's kryptonite. Gotcha. And the necklace. Yeah. Um, and which where is does it? she get it from? What? Where does she get it from? Well, or, sorry, I'm sorry. Where did her mother get it from? Oh, they don't. They don't ever really cover that. It's just it's like they, she just has kryptonite. Yeah. It was. She, apparently, it's a family heirloom that's just been around, and it was passed down to her. So oh, they cover it like that, and so that's why I get sick. But so, so is, can kryptonite be found on Earth? Is it on Earth? Yeah. Oh, I guess I never really like fully answered that question. I just yeah. got excited. So yeah. no. So like you said, the uranium in the core of 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 the planet of Krypton it finally exploded. Right. And when the planet exploded, it just Boom! Went flung it out into the mm-hmm. galaxy and everything. And okay. and so what did what there are is is when the planet exploded, it's chunks of the planet that has landed on Earth in the form of meteorites. Okay. Um, and it's very radioactive, and they had to wait because, of course, the nuclear scare, um, was yeah. was going on because it was about the time that it's actually pretty crazy too because I think kryptonite was introduced just a just a few months after uh, we dropped the atomic bombs, Japan, Hiroshima, yeah. and. And Nagasaki. And Nagasaki, a uh, little boy. And it was like, so like that, we had to wait on that because radiation was a scary topic yeah. at the time. Uh, for yeah, let's people. hold off on that. <laughs> right. So, um, but, so basically, yes, it's radiation from his home planet that, that weakens him. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing though. It's been manipulated throughout the comics. So it started green kryptonite is the original and it just makes right. him weak. Yeah. But then there's red kryptonite, which, which red kryptonite basically works like alcohol and it basically gets rid of all his, all his like, uh, uh, basically it, he has to act on his deepest desires. Huh? Like red kryptonite basically means that he that gives no fucks. It's really? his, his, uh, your judgment is gone. That's okay, what I was looking okay, for. Yeah. Yeah. It just completely removes your judgment. Like alcohol. And then, um, there's, I think gold kryptonite, which was introduced late, later on in the game, which completely strips him of his powers. So they've messed around. They've well, yeah, added different yeah, versions sure. and yeah. they've added different like types. And, and obviously it's just a fun play, but it is when the planet exploded, it was fragments. It sent out kryptonite. Sent out, yeah, yeah, sent out kryptonite. And it's actually fascinating too because Lex Luthor, um, also that's why I love Superman 2 as the villains. We'll yeah. get there. Now that I look like Lex Luthor because I'm bald now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lex Luthor found out kryptonite and he wore less. So it's, it's, it's the lore of the comics is Lex Luthor actually died of radiation above cancer from radiation because he always had kryptonite by his side. Right, he he wore a ex- ring and exposed to it, exposed all to it all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, so that was a lot and I, I, I'm liking this. So why then do you think, and I will move, you know, from, 
each one to the next. So sure, sure. Why is, does Superman? Okay, what do you like about Superman Returns? And then why do you think it's such a bad depiction okay. of the character? Sure. So first thing I'm going to do is finish the Smallville story because I just cut half. Oh my gosh! Story. Yeah, you're still t- okay. Let's go back to Smallville. Yeah. No, just yeah, that yeah. story. So the yeah. necklace, right? Yeah. So. Um, he starts to faint and then like, oh, so the jocks like put the necklace on him thinking that like, oh, you know, just being jocks, but they don't know, you know, so it weeks them. And then what do they do? They take, it's like an annual hazing of the football player. Oh, really sure. play. yeah. And they string him up onto a, uh, in, on, uh, they basically string him up, uh, in the, in the cornfield on a scarecrow thing, but it's a T. Uh, so yeah. he's strung up and one of the very first episodes is he's like having it like painted like they painted on him and he's just and somebody kind of comes and finds him and lets him down uh-huh. but just that moment of like he was wearing that crib like this but it, you just it cuts to him in a field just strung up you know yeah. on a cross yeah you know and so you can just that's what I mean by yeah. there's a symbolism but it's beautiful yeah. it's beautiful symbolism so yeah. Superman returns now the first mistake they did is they tried to connect it to the Reeves Superman right yeah and yeah, which, basically like sort of a sequel to Superman two almost kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was just like, Oh, this is like, it's the same world. It's just like way down the line. Yeah. Um, and there's a few things about it. Brandon Roth just didn't, just, he's a nice guy, but he just didn't have that, that charisma, that, that, that pizzazz that mm. I, and I think that Henry Cavill does a really good job of that as far as the look. Okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, yeah. But, and Christopher Reeves, of course, like he just had this. Oh, yeah. Christopher Reeves is iconic. Iconic. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but do you see that there's, there's God got to be, I know, but there's got to be this, this energy about that. So I just think like, and nothing against Brent, it's just his casting. I just didn't like the casting. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching it the other day, uh, going back to it, it was just like, he felt so much more passive mm-hmm. than I remember. And yeah, he just didn't seem just like, like, I didn't be- cold. I didn't believe him. Yeah. Didn't believe there was Superman at all. Yeah, like, yeah. and that, and it's difficult. It's tough. It's tough. And I know that that's not a very solid critique. It's very, it's very subjective. But like, you, there's sometimes where I watch shows and like, I'm in it. You know, what I mean, I may think you're, I, I may think you're a bad actor, but if I believe you, I'm in it. Yeah. Like, but for him, I just didn't believe him. He, the stakes weren't high for him. Yeah. You could not successfully suspend your disbelief. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have a Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Oh I yeah, love she was, Lois Lane. Yeah, and. Lois Lane is, she is such a complex character because she is like crass and, 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 in your face, but mm-hmm. in a charming way. Yeah. You know, she's got that, that I'm one of the boys, Yeah, you know? kind, yeah. but not yeah. like, that's the thing. Yeah. She can, she can play ball, Yeah, but she's still like a powerful, strong woman. And yeah. it's difficult when you, she's a tough character to, to nail down because you right. have to be in, sure. in both realms. Um, and no offense to Kate Spossworth, but she just didn't have like that, like that vigor that mm-hmm. I think Lois Lane should have. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to get a story no matter what I'm going to do stuff like that. And and like, even in the new one, I have a problem with uh, uh, Amy Adams too, because she also, there's only one moment, one moment where they wrote her that vigor. And, and that was, was, it was like early on when she goes yep. to the, she's like, are you guys going to still compare dicks or we're going to do this? Yeah. And I was like, yes. It, I know because it's like this might be the right direction, but then later and then on, they, nope. Then they ruin it. They I, make her. Yeah. I know. I actually, I, I was thinking about this more and more because the when I first saw Man of Steel, I was like, this is a great depiction of Lois Lane. I thought that they did write her in a lot more of a sassy, like strong, badass woman. But then going back and rewatching it, she just just falls so far south. Like you know, there's this part where. 
uh, she is writing this, the first story on Superman and presenting it to her boss at the Daily, uh, the Daily Planet. And he's like, why are you writing this crap? We can't expose people to, to this kind of uh, story. And she's like, I'm a Pulitzer Prize winning author. It's like, you don't need to fucking say that. No, like, see, we all know that. You're- like Lois, Lois would have been like, "I'm doing this story," or like, and yeah. she put up like no shit with Clark, no shit with Superman too. She had like, yeah, you know, she didn't. She loved Superman always, and she wrote about him. And, and, and in the comics, you know, they, she's she's changed obviously. So mm-hmm. I'm talking yeah. about more of kind of the modern understanding of what we think of Lois Lane. But she like she was all she would go toe to toe with Supes. You know what I yeah. mean? And she wouldn't just she. It was like. I think he liked that too. He liked her feistiness and right. pizzazz. Yeah. And you know, and, but I will say about Superman returns, it was really cool having Marlon Brando be Jarrell. Yeah. That's, that's true. Cool. That's true. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm a Brando fan, which so. I was uh, reading about that. And it's looked like is what they did is they had access uh, to unused footage mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, from Superman two. And they basically digitally superimposed him in you know the the, nope. the Fortress of Solitude and was able to use. Um, yeah, I thought that, that was footage. clever. Yeah, I thought that was clever yeah. of what Robert they did Brando there. So was a great actor. And then you know it's just the whole like I just it was weird way they brought in his son and how they gave him like asthma and then he also has like super strength that we found out and how she's like and I I'm sorry but like you make Mar- you like you make him superman just disappears then when he comes back like lois is married now to some you know and it's like well, i mean he disappeared for like what like 5 years yeah, i think and, and then, then don't get me wrong like i have no disrespect to james marsden who played the who played character that richard uh, richard oh, was perry white's son right richard right yeah i think so i don't i don't yeah. it's been a while since i've seen the film yeah no too, you're but, right you're right no yeah. but um you know i just it just we love the the connection between superman and, and lois and right. here's the thing that's crazy too it's like Yes, there's shows like when Dean Cain played Superman on on the sh- on the TV show. Yes, of course the show tanked as soon as Lo- Lois and and Superman got together. But uh-huh. but throughout history, throughout the comics, like they've been two peas in a pod. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there's even like one episode where they they did like a flash forward uh, in like the in like the early 40s of of what would happen if they were married and things like that. And mm-hmm. and and I just think that for me, it's like the the love triangle between Clark, Lois, and Superman. Yeah. Because, which is, I'm sorry, also another thing about Superman Returns, in Lois doesn't seem to know that Clark and Superman are the same person in Superman Returns. Like, she literally talks about as if they're completely different people. Now, maybe she's compartmentalizing, like, they're, they're different personalities in a way, but she talks to... Clark as if like well you need to talk to your friend Superman about this shit or like have him you know say this or or when Superman shows up to talk to Lois Lane you know he's like well I just work with Clark you know and all this kind of stuff and she just doesn't seem to know that they're the same person I'm like wait a minute I thought they they had a kid together like I thought they all that they they I thought they established this like a long time ago that they uh, that she obviously knew his identity and 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 and, and this is a famous moment too in 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 the comic when he finally tells her yeah you know what her first response is what what the hell took you so long oh yeah (laughs) beautiful amazing that that sums up the feistiness of Lois I love that response you know what I mean and then and it's like it's also too it's it's and my ex-girlfriend too uh, my my biggest ex through high school there was a brief stint where every day or every other day she was she was sending me on Facebook uh, quotes that Lois would say to Superman. 
and all the Curse. all the funny quips. <laughs> yeah, 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 all the funny quips. And I wish you know because it's lost somewhere in my history. I wish I can find some of those because some of them were amazing. Like yeah. some of the some of the wisecracks she would make at soup uh-huh. was is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and the what also too like Jimmy Olsen was was a big part of the comic because he. Mm-hmm. In the original story, he was like a kid that wanted to be a reporter. And so like all, oh, gotcha. all children was like, I'm best friends of Superman. I'm Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that kind of started the, and they knew how to market to children. That's what they think. But then oh, they yeah. kind of progressively and the, the adult readership was, was huge too. But, and, and for me, it's like, I missed that love triangle. Mm-hmm. They completely got rid of that, yeah. making her married. And, and then, and then it was like rude I think out of character to have like Lois lie about like that son being his and, and then lying to her. You know, it just, it yeah. was just a weird yeah, yeah. movie. It didn't stand for, you know, the, the classic, like what I want to see Superman in, you know, who's, yeah. who's, who's, who's battling with Lex Luthor, um, who, you know, I know that there's a lot of controversy with Kevin Spacey right now, but just separating. Yeah. Let's talk about separating him uh, yeah. now. We're going to say that I thought his Lex Luthor in Superman Returns was, was good. Yeah. Because, let's talk about Lex Luthor for yeah. a second. I mean, I didn't like Gene Hackman's interpretation of it. Gene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because well, I didn't like his very much either. But. Well, cause he was very like funny and like, and for the time, that's probably what they needed. Lightened him yeah. up a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I get it. But, but Lex Luthor is the ultimate villain and he's been around for a while. And the main reason is because he is the idea that, 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 that intellects, human intellect uh-huh. is, is better than brute strength. Yeah. And he doesn't test to, he doesn't test Superman on like a classic, like, Oh, but he has, you know, he's shot right, like yeah. a giant ray at him and he's, yeah. he's done stuff like that. But majority of what fascinated me about their, their, his nemesis and their battles is that, what he would do is he would he would use Superman's humanity against him, mm-hmm. and Superman had to find a way to to balance that. And I found that amazingly fascinating. And I found it like super great. Where where, where Lex Luthor is not necessarily a bad guy, um, you know. Originally he was. Originally, yeah. of course, it was world course, domination and yeah. things like that. But he kind of morphed into this almost human aspect of. And so the reason why I liked Kevin Spacey's version of it is because he was a Lex Luthor that said, you know. There, it's on. He shouldn't. Uh, God shouldn't have all those powers. Yeah, like it's it's not naturally right for you. And, he, and I think remember when he uses the metaphor of of fire of Prometheus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Prometheus and the flame, and how you know he he brought that that he brought the fire to the uh, yes yeah. to the people, and he's saying that Superman is selfish for keeping these powers to himself. himself. Yeah. And he's like, this should be shared. Like, yeah. and, and that was, that was a very unique way of painting that problem. It, it made him not a villain. It just made him somebody that was passionate and thought that that was the way that, that it should go. Right. Yeah. And, he, you know, I guess another thing too, is that he, you know, he took the crystals right from the fortress of solitude so he could make his own landmass. Now, of course it definitely was for power, right. And money. It's just like, well, I'll have all the land and it'll grow to a size where the United States. And you have to, as a villain, land. you have to have that, you know, yeah, you have to exactly. give them their, their, their motivations for, for doing villainous things. But, but not, let's not forget like Lex Luthor was president in that universe, you know, in the Superman comics. And, and he, uh, Lex Corp, and he was a very intelligent man. You know, he was very smart and he used his intellect you know, and I think one of the famous lines when he first meet him, he's like, what's your superpower? And he goes, I'm a normal guy. I just have the mind of a genius. Yeah. Like very humble Lex. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm a normal guy, yeah. except I'm a genius. Yeah. So 
So overall, though, I mean that, and he created a power suit, by the way, too. That's a famous thing that he has. Oh, he green, he? Yeah, he's got a power suit, like that. made of Krypton or. It's Kryptonite. basically he. It's like very, very reminiscent to Iron. He reminds me a lot of Iron Man, like Luthor does, but just like the villain form, right? Because I, I love that scene where where Iron Man's like, "Take away the suit, what are you?" He's like, uh, "Billionaire, Billionaire, philanthropist, like genius, genius, stuff like that." Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, because that's that's what. Like so Luther was, is, yeah. He, but it was reverse. Like, yeah, it's just like so. It's just it's interesting because him, he's got a lot of parallels. Lex Luthor does with, with Iron Man, yeah. in in a sense of that of that nature. I think so. he also has a lot of parallels with uh, Norman Osborn of the Sp- Spider Man sure. universe too. You sure, know, like Oscorp, Lex Corp. Like I know Oscorp came afterwards. Well, and and, and Norman, uh, that, yeah, that was my, and that's mainly science, and and he was very mm-hmm. political and and also just intellectual in general. Yeah. Like yeah. science was a part of it. Obviously, right. yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was smart in all aspects, but he uh, Lex Luthor dipped his, his pen in a lot of stuff, and I loved and I also. Also, uh, interesting take on Superman, uh, or uh, back to Smallville, is making Lex Luthor and and Clark Kent friends in high school. Like Lex Luthor's older, but they're friends. You know what I mean? Right. And, and they're friends right, for a majority right, of yeah. the. And it just shows the 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 you know the as they continue to be friends, it shows their break in ideologies and how that starts to separate them mm-hmm. until they round out and just become villains. Yeah. You know, and and I just think that. It just reminds me of the the Zack Snyder Batman, where he's like, you can you know you can die a hero, or you can live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, that's that's Nolan. That's, that's Nolan. Nolan. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Nolan. You got yeah, me confused yeah, yeah. now with the yeah. Snyder that's uh, uh, Harvey Dent saying that yep, to, yep, uh, yep. to Bruce Wayne. Yep. Yeah. So that's great, the Nolan. Yeah, scene, yeah, yeah, the Batman series. Yeah. So. so okay, I want to move into Man of Steel and why. What exactly your thoughts on? Because you were, I mean, a little bit earlier, you were giving praise to Henry Cavill's uh, performance mm-hmm. of Superman, and so I want to. Get your well, thoughts on it. What you to like, correct you? you I didn't. Like. I didn't quite say performance. I just said his 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 ambiance. His okay, okay. His yeah, vibe, like when fair. when he's yeah. in the suit, like he has that 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 charismatic. Superman feels like presence. Superman. It feels yeah. like Superman. Okay, okay. Um. So yeah. So let's get your thought because I have some interesting thoughts about the message behind the character of Superman in Man of Steel. You know, I would but... love for you. To, I've been talking quite a bit, so let's okay. Go ahead, yeah, let's, so, let's have you start yeah, yeah. with that. And yeah. Then I'll okay. Go great. So that. one of the things, uh, you know, you didn't touch upon in, as far as the history of Superman goes, is that the original creators also tried to make a reversal of the classic um, uh, view of. Nietzsche's Superman or the Overman or the Ubermensch. Yeah, I yeah. guess you're right. So just a brief, brief little yeah. thing here. The, the original idea for Superman was to be a villain. Yeah. Uh, and it was right. super hyphen man. The watch out for the super hyphen man. Yeah. Um, and that he was, he was supposed to basically, he was world domination mm-hmm. is what he originally wanted. Yeah. And yeah. it was like the Ubermensch and Nietzsche's brought up in this book too, but I figured I'd let uh, yeah. you kind of tackle yeah, that yeah. aspect of it. And then it was obviously they switched gears and, and now. He's, right. He's they the, did. Yeah. The so, um, the, which is where the inspiration for Bizarro came in, which is Superman's counter. The guy that oh, looks okay. just like him. That's yeah. yeah. That's, anyway, okay. Anyway. That's interesting. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. So Nietzsche's Ubermensch is, I don't want to say mistranslated, but it's, it's sometimes out of context translated as Superman. So Uber means over, you know, in the German language, you have Uber and Unter, you know, so over and under, but like you, we have superscripts and subscripts. It's kind of taken uh, out of context into that. So Ubermensch has been translated mainly by Kauf- Walter Kaufman as soup as the Superman. Uh, so they, the original creators, took uh, that idea and wanted to run with it in the sense that what the understanding 
at the time, especially in Nazi Germany, yes. you know, and how Hitler uh, viewed Nietzsche's works, is to take the Ubermensch and definitely express his world of power in the sense that it would be world domination, right? So they were going to take that uh, idea and run with it, but again, like Josh said, they flipped it and put it as a source for good. Well, and also they were kids, too, so it's like there's... Uh, right. Harry and Jack, you know, their last names are just big, long last names. It's not important, but Harry and Jack were, were, were the guys that ran Detective Comics, mm-hmm. and, and they were the ones that... So this is actually interesting about the history of Superman. So... They tried for years to pitch Superman. They went to every single you know, place you can imagine, and nobody was taking them up on, on, on what they were doing. So Harry and Jack are, are a partner that, that had, like, uh, they, they, were, they were in pornography. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, no, I'm not going to lie, they were still yeah. doing pornography when they were doing Superman, so that's fascinating. Wait, they, like, um, they were porn actors? No, or? they were filmmakers, like porn okay. Like, okay. creators. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Not film, I guess, at the time, but they were porn creators. Okay, uh, okay. Um, and, you know, the dirty magazines. And so that's so dirty funny enough like they saw like an increase in that and 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 this is kind of loosely so just but but what they did was is they they reached out to to somebody that generally um turns down stories and there's like hey we want we want something do you have anything for us and so the publisher's like yeah we have this thing so they sent it over Mm -hmm. and so they got a hold of the superman kind of uh pitch from a network that didn't want it or from a, from a company that didn't want it, that just had it in their discard pile. Yeah. And they asked, you know, for any material you have for us to go over. So it was transferred over to them. And, and then when, you know, when, when, um, when Jerry and Joe, like got the call, the call from these guys to do that, they were like ecstatic, you know yeah. what I mean? So when they did it, but this is the classic trope and where this is where the sad truth is, is that, they were kids and they didn't know, and they basically just signed all the rights away and got a fraction of of, of course the empire. Yeah, um, and that's where and that became like the rule. You know, don't protect your rights. I guess uh, yeah. of your of your characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's just a funny history story where it's like it just randomly happened to be in a discard pile, and this guy randomly happened to ask it's for like, it. Oh, I'll take this. Yeah. Yep. And I'll take. Oh, this sounds good. This sounds interesting. I'll run with that. Yeah. And then uh, the kids came in and. And I'm, you know, it's interesting. They were like 13 and 12 or, or 15 or something like that when they kept going. And, and that's when they started writing and, and doing that. And, and, you know, but here's the thing though. So many different people worked on that, on Superman, but never the, never the entire the run. Yep. Never got the credit. Yeah. It was always Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. That was on, huh. that was on yeah. the thing. So, uh, so we've, you know, just quickly, we've, we've talked about it a little bit before on the podcast when I, when we reference Nietzsche, the Ubermensch, again, it's, you know, when you're, it's supposed to be somebody who can, uh, you know, create their own values, and it's like a psychological evolution. It's not like a superior person. It's more of superior psychologically, and it's meant to be an ideal to strive for. It's not really a person. It's a thought experiment, and so Superman, in a way, is very similar, at least similarly inspired. That Superman is like you were saying earlier is this ideal that Mm -hmm. we should strive for Mm -hmm. you know whether it's for good or you know other sources of power and so in man of steel they really harp on this message a lot now of course they 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 definitely bring in a lot of the religious imagery you know especially with uh some of the images of him falling through space you know with the classic jesus pose yeah yeah but the the thing is too is that the thing with man of steel that's interesting and and i think too uh just to focus on nietzsche here for a second i i think the miss thing is, is people just have a hard time with the word power yeah 
yeah, yeah. They have a hard time with the word power. Definitely. We talked about. I remember, yeah, like, yeah. You know, we we t- we touched on that with climate change with rhetoric, and you know, for me, it's like even gun control, like controls, a, an awful word to use. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why is why is it immigration reform and not gun reform? Why is it gun control? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like for me, it's like that. I think that word, that terminology, has problems, and yeah. so it's the same thing here, where it's like people hear the word power a will to power and they automatically just assume it's dominance power yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not like internal just your your own power of, of yeah. succeeding what you want yeah, so i think it's yeah. just it's it's the word people yeah, get confused no, absolutely absolutely and so yeah something that the that man of steel really harps on is that ideal so like his father his adoptive father joseph is one of those people like you can't you can't basically sh- express your power in any way because people will be fearful. Jonathan. Of- Jonathan. I'm sorry. Why did I, was like, I go you with said Joseph? I was like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? I guess I was like uh, still the religious imagery was still going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so his, his father, Jonathan, his mm-hmm. adoptive father, Jonathan, Jonathan Kent, Jonathan, Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Kent. That's Kent. Right. Um, that's right. He was very much, you need to conceal your power from the whole entire world because they will be fearful of you. They will not understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the flashbacks of him being a kid, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of making fun of him or like he's being weird or they're even, they're scared, like why he's acting so weird. And that in itself acts a lot upon the ideas of the Uber mentioned that you kind of have to be a bit of an unsavory character for people like that. And even in Zuth, uh, Thus Spake Zarathustra, uh, when Zarathustra introduces the idea of the Ubermensch uh, to the common people, they're like, no, that, that's a terrible idea. Why would we do that? And so uh, his father, Jonathan, harps on him for wanting to express his power. And his true father, uh, Jorel, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jorel, he's like, no, you need to be that ideal for people. You need to under- to give them hope. Right. And to understand that we can all be good and all express uh, our power in a good way, use our power for good. And I thought that was really interesting and trying to, you know, uh, Clark Kent is constantly at battle with that um, uh, with that dichotomy in the film. Well, yeah. And the the thing is, too, is like you have to understand, too, that there 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 has been several interpretations of of why. Yeah. Jor-El and and Laura sent their son Mm -hmm. to Earth. Yeah. And, you know, I think if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Man of Steel one, it was, it was to like, it was, wasn't it to like create a Krypton on Earth? Right? Sort of. Yeah. So like, like, like a the... weird, and I didn't, I didn't really like that because yeah. uh, the, my favorite interpretation of that is that, that his dad knew about the yellow sun uh-huh. and he knew that his planet was doomed and he knew that a son would thrive there. So he yeah. sent a son to Earth to be the savior, to yeah. be the person to protect yeah. and not let what happened to his planet you know, happen here. And exactly. I, I, I love that aspect of yeah. it where he sends his son to, to, you know, to be this protector, you know, of people that, that may not have that because he, and maybe he knows how pure his son's going to be, or who knows, like who knows all about that, but yeah. that is it. And for me too, even that scene, I love that scene where you see him crunch the, the kids are making fun of him. And oh yeah. crunching the thing. fence. Yeah. The pool. And like, I love like that pork, the control. Yeah. To be able to to see the best in people, know that these kids don't know why they're doing what they're right. doing. It's just he's he's the maturity there. Yeah, and you know there's a, there's a great pieces of dialogue too between him and Kevin Costner's character, uh, yeah. his father, yeah. where you know it, he he's gripping onto that and he tell he goes up and he's like, I really wanted to hit those kids, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, I part of me wanted you, you to, do to it. hit it, yeah. hit it too, but 
you, there's no way you could have done that. Yep. You know, and then uh, earlier on, there's another flashback where he saves his uh, fellow students uh, for, the, when the, the when the bus falls yeah. into the into the river, and he gets him out of there. And he's and he's like, what what was I supposed to do? Just let him die? And he's like, maybe. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. You know that that struggle right yeah. there. Like, what am I supposed to do, Dad? Like, yeah. I, you're right. That's a be- so. Yeah. Here's the thing. I didn't. The only real thing that I had a problem with Man of Steel. So I I, I liked a lot of Man of Steel. Actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I liked the idea of humanizing him a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I think they went a little too dark because sure. Everybody that loves Superman is supposed to be the escape. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny how he's, he's not supposed to be. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's this great, um, I've talked about him before, but wisecrack is a great YouTube, uh, channel where they break a lot of pop culture stuff down and they have a, what went wrong with man of steel. Yeah. And they talk about that very same thing that like, there, you know, Warner Brothers was coming right off of the heels of the, of, Dark, Knight yep, of the Dark Knight, and they tried to do that with and Superman, the, and, and so, just didn't. And that's yeah. my problem. So my main thing with with Henry uh, uh, with Henry Calvo is initially he's just too dark. Yeah, like, and then I had a problem with like the weird way they decided to kill uh, Jonathan. Uh, spoiler alert! But yeah, no. oh yeah, that's right. He like he. Oh, that's also that's also a yeah. connection too because both Jerry and Joe lost their fathers. Oh, really? in real life. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so it makes sense that Superman lost, yeah. lost his, his, yeah. his adoptive father. But there, you know, of course there's been several different interpretations of how he's passed heart attacks, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Um, but for me to like, I guess it was symbolic when I want you to, but to have him just like be whooshed away in a tornado when Superman could move so fast, like probably nobody would have seen, nobody him. would yeah. have seen anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, for me, it just didn't feel I agree. Yeah. like, I'm like, okay, so he's standing right there and he's like, no. And like, of course he's trying to respect his dad wishes. So I get what they're trying to do, but I'm like, he could have moved so fast. Superman moved so fast, faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah. And you don't see bullets firing. And even in the, you com- see people dying. <laughs> and even in the comic books, uh, he moves faster than the speed of light. He does that in the movie too, with uh, in the classic Christopher Weeds, where oh, he yeah, flies around right. the world around so to, to bring reverse, time back, reverse time. It doesn't work like that. I know, but. It doesn't. But still. <laughs> the the comic suit of science is fun. Yeah. Uh, so, I just didn't like the way that they yeah. they got rid of Jonathan. I just yeah. thought that was a weird thing to have him stand there and be swished away in a tornado and not like he's like no, don't save me. Yeah, and it's like yeah. really because you should know your son's powers and you should know these should be fast enough to get. Maybe you. he doesn't know. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. Know maybe I mean, who fast, knows? Yeah. But I just I just didn't quite like that. Sure. And then of course, now. I had, I talked myself in and out of this. Uh-huh. So again, if you haven't seen the movie, I apologize, but we're going to do some spoilers. Yeah. I don't like that. They made Superman snap a man's neck. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about this. That is what uh, yeah. frustrates me. So, now here's the thing. Ask me about it because I have, I have, I'm going to give you my initial irritation and then I'm going to give you my softer, uh, sympathetic, no charitable. Okay, gotcha. As more so, time has gone by, and I've had more time to think about. It. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more mainly interested in your in uh, your thoughts on the depiction of Zod, uh, because I thought Michael Shannon, for one, gave a great performance. He did. Um, no, not a problem. But Zod. the reason why now I I see why you're hesitant to to like how Superman decided to stop Zod, but to me, I feel like the way that they portrayed Zod. In the sense that he, like like Shannon uh, said in the in the last bit of dialogue he had, is that he was predetermined from birth to protect the people of Krypton, right? In that he was their you know their main protector, main warrior, uh, and you know at least in the time that he lived on Krypton, right? Yeah. And so when Superman was sent away, basically with the DNA of all their original ancestors and people within his own cells. 
Um, that's what the codex was, uh, what you were asking about earlier, exactly what they did with it. They put the DNA of all the people in Superman and when Superman would later realize his potential, then he could be the bridge to like the next better people. Like with all the, all the best parts of, of Kryptonians plus all the best parts of humanity. That's what I think the, at least the film was trying to get. Sure. Sure. So when, uh, Superman, you know, uh, when, uh, when Zod is flying that ship, uh, into the world engine or something like that. And and he's trying to bring, uh, all the Kryptonians back and try to kill Superman to get the, the information. Superman says like Krypton had its chance, right? Like we're, we're, you know, we're done with this. And he basically eliminates all of the potential fetuses Mm -hmm. uh, that are on that ship you know, and, that, and they Z- gave that they gave that an interesting thing too. Most yeah. people don't know they gave like they gave Krypton like a birth crisis where they like they couldn't they they couldn't give birth, like they yeah. had to genetically alter them. And yeah. then then Superman or you know Clark Kent or, yeah. or Kal-El, Kal-El yeah. at the time he was actually one of the first babies like, like naturally natural born birth, in, yeah, in, in a, a long, long time, time. And, yeah, and, exactly. and, and in the history, yeah. which is kind of unique to that. It's not and like, I you know I know that they there's a Krypton show on right now right or is it there coming? is okay no, or i think it's just started actually I okay don't know. yeah I, haven't... I see i've always thought that would be interesting be interesting because i love the depiction of krypton from the man of steel mm-hmm. like with um uh russell crowe and everything i thought i, just I thought, thought russell was, was great yeah, i just thought russell crowe was, was really cool so here's so, a couple well, uh, one go, last go, thing go ahead, so go ahead, go ahead. i thought that when zod realized that he had failed basically his you know the whole reason for him being born was taken from him by superman to me it makes sense for that at least the character development the logical uh, conclusion of that would be like okay well i'm going to take everything that you love because you literally just did the same thing to me and so the moral imperative for superman in order to stop zod from killing everybody was to kill him sure i give it to you yeah and you're right. They made the stakes high because yeah. if you remember correctly, he had him in a headlock and basically Zod had his laser vision aiming towards his family. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. said, you either kill me or they die. Yeah. Like he basically put Superman in a, in a very bad decision. But here's my problem. Again, first of all, what they decided to do is they, de- they decided to cut out like mainly a lot of what he learned in his childhood. Yeah. Like, so they made him an adult who didn't know his background, yeah. which is a touch different. Like, cause I, I like the Smallville interpretation sure. where he starts to learn a little yeah, bit yeah. more about who he is. And, and yeah. by the time he gets the suit, he's comfortable. And, and yes, I understand that like they went that route of making him so green. And I forgot that. So that's my, that's my thing that I, a charitable about, because if you know, Superman, he's famous for always finding a different way to solve the problem. Right. Right. You don't have to resort to killing. He's like, that's a part of his charm is like how, and that's a part of the excitement. Mm-hmm. Superman is practically, how is he going to get out of this? Exactly. Yeah. So Superman is practically invulnerable. So you're not, you're not, you're not excited by the potential of him, of his, of the danger for him. You are like, this person is trying to leave him no choice, but to kill him. And how is Superman going to not do that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's fascinating that a man that could kill people in a blink of an eye spends his whole time trying to figure out ways to not do that. Yeah. There's always another way is yeah, what he's yeah. famous for saying. Yeah. There's always another way like the, the shadow zone or the phantom zone, excuse me. And in all these different places that yeah, you could, what, what is it? What is the static X static X? <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, and so for me and, and what most people don't know is the last, like the last comic with Superman in it, but obviously before the new 52 series. And, and just, this is this at the time, obviously, but, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. At the time that this was this was printed, it was supposed to be his last. But of course, you know, like he's and he oh, Superman's been resurrected too. So you yeah. have that other. More... Oh, I know. But actually, uh, and, just on that real quick, I sure. have a lot of problems with how they marketed um, Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman was terrible. I mean, unfortunately, like they made the Superman was still really dark. They didn't like they just lost the sense of who it was. Lex Luthor was all wrong. It was uh, like... See, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was the worst movie. I thought it was worse than man of steel, but yes. my biggest problem is that in, I think in the very first trailer for super, for Batman V Superman, they show doomsday. I'm like, well, Superman dies yeah. <laughs> because I know what the death of Superman and what doomsday means because doomsday fucking kills Superman. So the first time for, this, yeah. for his resurrection. So here's yeah. the thing. Superman. Anyway. See, here's Superman's true death. Yeah. In the comic, it's Mysterio and Mysterio. Mysterio. Can, not the wrestler. No, no, no. I'm, 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 is, that the, is that Marvel? Yeah, That's Marvel what, is Mysterio. Yeah. It's not. Oh shit, Mysterio is I'm, I'm wrong. It's the okay. He looks just like Mysterio, so that's what it gets okay. me too. Because I'm not yeah. like for me, I love Superman, but I don't. You know, Lex Luthor and him, I never really like dived into all individual of the. Uh, what's his name then? It's. Uh, I thought it was no because he has a giant head. Is uh, it a globe head? I'm gonna look it up right now as you're as you're depicting this. Okay, so he's gonna look that up. So I'll explain. He basically tricks Superman into killing on accident. Right. Okay. And Superman is destroyed because he's killed. And he has it's this beautiful this beautiful moment where he's in the Fortress of Solitude, and the first conversation he has is with Lana Lang. Okay. And he talks about you know his life and what he's accomplished, and you know, and how Lana Lang has helped him to achieve that. And then he has a conversation with Lois. And how he loves her and all this stuff. And then this is what he does. He's so distraught because he, he killed for the first time that and now again, remember they changed it because in, in the, you know, in the 1938s, I think he, he used to just like knock bad guys off of cliffs and kill them and shit. Like they right. didn't care, but oh, yeah. he took gold kryptonite and took his powers away and he just walked into the Arctic. Huh? And you see like this beautiful, like his cape just like disappearing in the snow yeah. and then they never saw him again. Yeah. Basically killed himself. Yeah. yeah. So he left the mystery, but he basically said that like, I, you know, it's the moment I kill somebody, like that's the moment that I, you know, I don't, I'm a monster, you know, yeah. or whatever, but it was just yeah, so yeah. powerful that he just took gold kryptonite and walked out into the Arctic. And so just to have him like snap a neck, like I get it, but like, I just thought, no, the Superman that I know and love always found another way. And he, yeah. like they could have, they could have used that as a trope to like struggle. And, and... so, uh, okay, I like where you're going with this because sure. it makes me think about the implications that then later come in Batman v Superman and in Justice League. Yeah. So in now, obviously, there's some crazy comic book uh, stuff going on here, but in uh, Batman v Superman. Batman is having visions of like the Omega, uh, the nightmare realm, right? Mm -hmm. Where Superman full on becomes evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think the reason why that's a uh, real possibility is because of, I mean, obviously Superman feels bad for killing Zod, you know, at the end of it, but it almost as if it is foreshadowing the potential that Superman has to be, yes. you know, because like in the beginning of uh, uh, Batman v Superman, he shows up to save Lois Lane and then just callously kills a bunch of fucking people. Mm -hmm. You know, a bunch of, uh, you know, at least I, well, I guess he doesn't like casually kill them, but he puts them all in direct danger. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? So they, you know, they just like, and so for me here, this is my charitable interpretation. I sure. forget that this depiction of Superman is, is one that has not yet developed his moral code. 
Okay. So yeah. my charitable interpretation is that him, Zod putting him in the position to have to snap his neck and kill him, that moment from then on, Superman is now, I don't kill. Yeah. Like for whatever reason. I yeah. thought they were going to do that. Yeah. But but they didn't. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was mad. Yeah. Because I'm like, look, look, if you're going to make him kill somebody, then have that be the defining moment of where he sets his moral code. Because they're losing sight. They they I think what they were trying to do, first of all, DC, if you're listening, get your shit together. Because yeah. <laughs> here's the thing you're doing. You're rushing everything. You need to slow the fuck down. You yeah. want to know why Marvel's so popular? They spent 10 years building building character development building growing with these characters until we get to the adventure so we're so anxious you have you have to do it slow because the longer we wait the sweeter the reward yeah you just threw justice league on us in two movies yeah like dumb idea you i know you wanted to catch up i know you see the mar the the money marvel's making and i know you want to be a part of that so bad but you did it wrong you were too fast and now at this point they're just like yeah we just have to make like stand standalone movies because those are the only things that do well because wonder woman and aquaman and shazam they've they've all three of those movies have done relatively well compared to like and they should have done those before justice league Mm -hmm. they should have done all of it they should have taken their time and let they should have let us know the characters they should have put up another conflict and here's also another thing too the world that they built is like this dark again it's it's very very dark knight-esque and i know that that worked for batman but batman's a different fucking hero yeah and you can have aspects of that when you focus in on batman but superman should not be that yeah the the funny thing about batman and superman and the reason why they're funny to watch is because they're polar opposites yeah batman is annoyed by by the by the freaking optimistic superman the do-gooder superman like yeah. that's part of their funny uh yeah. dynamic yeah. and what did they do when they brought superman they made him all evil and then just, i just didn't like, no, people that love Superman, we love him because he's so annoyingly optimistic. He reminds yeah. me of myself. I'm so optimistic. And, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm yeah. so humble. And I don't like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounded a touch pretentious what I just said there. But yeah. I, I, I mean that they got rid of what made him him. Yeah, yeah. And... And I just was not okay with that. And, right. and it's just like, and don't get me wrong. And I thought there were certain moments where, where Henry Cavill did channel that, but they were way small and way far in between. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they even made him more, again, they made him Broody. More, more callous in uh, Batman v Superman. I hated as that. Well. I hated you know, it. Especially like when they, he went to uh, uh, the uh, court hearing or Senate hearing, whatever in Batman v Superman. And they're like, dude, we get, you got to, you got to chill out with your thing and we're going to put restrictions on you. It's like, Nope, I'm Superman. And, uh, even, uh, Bruce Wayne is just like, if he has one, 1% chance of going against our interests, then we have to to, to stop him. Right. And that you know? pisses me off because yeah. it's like, no, 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 he was like, that's the power of, of Superman. It's yeah. like, and that's why, you know, a lot of people are mad because he just wears glasses. Right. And like, nobody's really talked about this, but for me, I love it because yeah. this is a common misconception. Most people like, let's take Batman in comparison. Batman yeah. is Bruce Wayne. He puts on a costume yeah. and he becomes yeah. Batman. Yeah. Superman is Superman. Yeah. Clark Kent is his, is alter, his alter ego. ego. Yeah. So I, I want to, I'm glad that you got to that because I wanted to bring up the classic, uh, kill bill volume two scene. Where, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where David Carradine talks about Superman and why it's his favorite comic book hero. And he talks about how, you know, like Peter Parker, like that's, that's his true identity. And mm-hmm. then his alter ego is, is Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yes. Superman. 
he just is Superman yes. and his alter ego is Clark Kent. Yes. Clark Kent is his view of humanity. Yes. You know, meek and weak and uh, strange, humble creatures, whereas Superman is impressive and noble and, and has all this uh, great stuff going for him. And I just think that... Not only that, that though, but it's, it's, the, it's also the classic isms because guess what? Like yeah. hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Okay, we all know that ism. Uh, yeah. It was right under my nose. Right. Like I can't see that. You can't, some people, you can't see it if it's right under your nose. Mm-hmm. And I love the contrast. The contrast was so severe that he didn't need like... To have like, you know, this, this, you know, he could, he didn't need to wear a mask because Superman is who he is. He puts on a pair of glasses. He hunches over his shoulders. Yeah. And even if like you have a thought, oh, he kind of looks like Superman. And then, then they go, there's no fucking way. Yeah. There's no way that yeah. Clark can't. And that, that was the beauty too of the, when I say love triangle, Clark has loved Lois since the beginning. Yeah. And Lois is in love with Superman. Right. And it's so, a, yeah, it's amazing. It's not a perfect one-to-one. It's not a perfect one-to-one. But yeah. what's what's amazing is she is like, you know, I guess what it, there's like one famous scene uh, in like the original comics when, when uh, Clark Kent asks Lois out on a date and she's, she says something on the lines like, oh, you're going to, now you're going to make me, what did she say? Like, oh, now you're going to be the fourth person I've made sad today. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you're too weak. You're too cowardice. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And so it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing that Lois like just is annoyed with, with, with Clark, but then loves what Superman's doing. Yeah. And it's just like the aspects, but then of course they develop that bond where she starts to get more used to Clark mm-hmm. and the things that used to annoy her are starting to, you know, to, to become attractive. And it's just yeah. that whole dichotomy of like how he's able to switch to that and how, of course it's hidden under plain sight, you know? And like, it's like, and I hate to bring this up, but it's like, Actually, I'm not even going to bring that up. You got anything? What were you going to bring up? Uh, okay, just do it. Okay, so this yeah. is going to be the reverse, right? So yeah. it's like Bill Cosby. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, he's taking an Ian move. I right know, here. Yeah. I know. That's why I stopped myself and I should I shouldn't have done that. That's a classic joke. What I mean by that is this. We found out that he was a monster. Right. We thought he hey, was, hey, hey. It was right under our I'm nose. A monster. It was yeah. right under our nose the entire yeah. time. And so I guess let's quote this. It's it's just like it, Superman or Clark Kent is the reverse of that. Yeah. You know, he is somebody that of course nobody would notice because the whole entire time we had no idea he was this hero because of how he carried himself. Right. You wouldn't even think twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people just have a hard time with that. And I just, I think it's fascinating. I think it, it what it really does is it shows you both sides of humanity. Mm-hmm. It shows you who we are versus who we want to be. Yeah. And he gets to be both of those roles and he get he, and he lives within both of those roles and it's fascinating and I just love it. And then like that kill bill thing, it's like, I, you know, I haven't seen kill bill in, in forever. I forgot about that, but yeah. he makes a very valid point. Yeah. That is true. Uh, Clark Kent is the alter ego. It's, it's, it's who he wishes he would be in times. Interesting. Yeah. And in other times who he knows he isn't. Yeah. Like that's what's great. Like I can never be like these people. Yeah, the yeah. the 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 dexterity of of emotion and morals and 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 how this this alien per se just views the planet and how how can like that's a connective story. You're an alien on a different planet and you feel like you don't belong. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way to belong, and that's what he's struggling to do. But also find a way to be a better person, which is you know which which I think right now in our current culture more people should go look into Superman. 
because we we need we need a lesson back in some solid morality and some solid like you know not judging people just by their you know like judging by the content of their character. That's what Superman. I think of when, right. when Martin Luther King Jr. gave that speech. I think of Superman like yeah. when he says that. Like I just do. And and my last little thing I'll say here because I know we're almost at two hours. We have a good, <laughs> we're having a good time here. Yeah. Is you know Smallville? There's there's a scene after they string him up. You know what I mean? They yeah. do that, and and you know, I guess his his best friend is is pissed, and da 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 da, and you know, he just he's like, you know, I don't. This is paraphrasing. It's been a long time. Sure. I've watched the series three times through. I've seen all eleven seasons <laughs> three times, um, so I should know it word by word, but I don't. But he basically just says, you know, he just, I see the best in people, and I'm not like I'm not gonna go down to their level, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. and I love that. I love that. I love that he can look at somebody and he goes, because that's what, you know what we do now? We're in a culture of, of screaming at each other online and looking at the worst of people. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to focus on the worst of people. That's what we're in. We're, we're, we're like the offense archeologists. We're hunting to find the worst in people. Yeah. And what Superman is all cynics. Yep. And what Superman has always done is he's always worked his damnedest to find the best in people. And that's fucking awesome. Well, and I think that's a good spot to end it right there. All right. So, uh, hey, guys, thanks for sticking through this episode. I think we might do um, probably another superhero. Uh, maybe, because this is pretty fascinating. I, I'm a big fan of Wolverine. Okay, so and, maybe we'll do one that you're more a fan of, and we can kind yeah, of like talk about that back. But, and, yeah. yeah, sorry, guys. I know that we were going to try to cut to about an hour and a half, and we're on the two-hour mark. But you know but what? Sometimes we, had to, we just have Sometimes just we just have a good time. We it, do so. it. So um, I guess I'll just say this. I'm Josh Simpson. Um, you can find me on my Twitter handle, at uh, the only one blog. Um, of course, www.theonlyoneblog.cf. Um, I just put up that article, um, which about capitalism and individual liberties, which I know Ian and I are possibly going to be talking about that very soon. And uh, I do need to make some edits because Ian showed me a, a couple gram- a couple errors uh, that, okay. I, yeah. that I needed to go fix, which is funny because I think I said my bellies instead of our bellies. Which so uh, yeah, yeah, you guys. If you read go. the article, you'll see it. Well, that's why I'm I'm just taunting them, yeah, you know, yeah. giving them a little <laughs> teaser to go read it. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, so that's where you find me on, on Twitter, and then of course I'm on Facebook, but they're still shadow banning me. So fuck that. Go ahead. That's okay. I'm sort of shadow banned on there we Facebook go. too. So I mean, you guys know me. I'm. I'm the savage and uh, you can find me. <laughs> Nobody ever calls him the savage. That's not true. Uh, at, at work, they've started to, um, but anyway, they, you can find me pretty much everywhere at modern overman. So yep. thanks you guys for All tuning right. in. Deuces. Bye. Uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you.